All right, welcome to Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. And today we have a great, great episode talking about two incredible, incredible albums. And if you don't believe me, ask the official historian and translator, administrator, and other nicknames that I forgot. Kirsty in Perth, Australia. Kirsty, how are you this morning? Hi, very well, thank you. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Thank you for meeting me at such an early hour for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's no trouble for me. Right. (laughs) That extra hour even makes it easier, right? So, all right. So, um, the extra hour that Gen was complaining about. So, you know, it is what it is. I do know. I wish, I wish it, I didn't even realize that when the hour changed, but anyway. So, let's get into the episode we're going to do here. And what we're doing is an album battle. An Alice in Chains album battle. And I got to admit, we, we were originally going to do Facelift, right? We were just going to do a review of Facelift. Yes. And I remember I was at work and I just thought, what if we did an album battle with Dirt? And then I looked and I was like, oh, Dirt's got 13 songs. And and Dirt's not like um, peace of mind. You know, it, it doesn't have a track on it that's terrible that you would go, oh, that's the easy one to cut out. There's not a bad track. But then I was like, wait a minute, there's an intro track. Wait a minute, yes, there is. There is something to cut out, yeah. <laughs> so, I, and I, I I didn't even realize that, I, I just forgot that Facelift had 12 songs on it too. And I was like, oh, wow. And I remember I sent it to you, I was like, hey, why don't we do an album battle? We can talk about both of them. And you are like, oh, that's great. And I think the yeah, next- Yeah, I was really excited, wasn't I, until I started trying to do uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know, I sent you a message the next day. I was like, I am kind of regretting- coming up with this idea and I didn't have to say anything else. You came back and you go, yeah, I know. <laughs> I understand why. Cause you were doing, it's you were having impossible. the same issue. I was like, these songs are all so good. It's really, really difficult to um, try and pick one over the other sometimes because uh, I, I just love these songs. I love all of these songs. You know I mean? All the songs. Yes. Spoiler alert. I also love all of these songs. (laughs) It it, it was not easy to do, but it was, but you know what? It was, it was fun just to, you know, eventually you go, look, it's just, I can change my mind tomorrow. But uh, I I tried really hard to get a third person on here because I wanted, I was like, if there's only two of us, we could have a lot of ties, you know, because I think if let's just say song one, we die young versus them bones. You pick, we die young. I pick them bones. Now what? Okay, it's a tie. It's kind of hard to, you know, both albums are winners for me, you know, and I know they are for you as well, but you still want to be able to, if you're doing an album battle, one's got to win, right? Kind of. So even if they're both winners, one's got to be the victor. So um, I was going to say victorious, not victor. (laughs) One's got to be the victor. So So last night before I went to bed, I I had to wake up at 5 a.m. to do this. And it was about 10.30 p.m. last night. And I needed to be in bed already because I was already on little sleep. And I decided, I was in there with my daughter and I started playing um, We Die Young for her. I said, hey, tell me which one of these songs you like better. We Die Young, then I played Them Bones. And she picked one of them. And immediately I said, you're doing that for every song now. Which, to listen to the intros and get to the chorus and everything, um, it, it takes a minute because these are long, but I, but I was playing her all the intros. I'm playing her, you know, 
up to the you know the intro verse chorus but you know some of those intro verse choruses take three minutes so i was trying to get to him and and um she goes and gets on the phone with a friend and then she doesn't finish. Then I have to wait another hour because she gets on the phone. Then she takes a shower and I'm finally like, look, I got to go to bed, but I got to do this because are you going to wake up at five in the morning and do this with me? No. Okay. Well, we got to do it now. So I did it with her. So I have a third vote. Some of her votes match mine. Some of them don't. So it's not, they're not all in the bag, you know, and, and she doesn't have the exact same taste as me, which is uh, good. I'm glad, I'm glad that she was, but it was cool to watch Sarah. And I would play some of these songs, like I like the riff. Um, what what song is it? Uh, where it's uh, it's the one from um, uh, Dirt, where it's like dun 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 dun. When he starts singing real weird, care not for the man who wander with that weird voice. God smack. Is that the one? It is. Yeah, and God's name is smack for some at the end. Yeah, that one. And like I was playing um, uh, put you down. You know. And and they would start and the riffs would start playing on these, some of these different songs. And she would just go, Ooh, I like that. You know, like wood. This is amazing because you know, it's hard to get teenagers to do stuff sometimes. So, uh huh. Yeah. Thank you, Sarah. Yes. I was just loving the fact that she was willing to, and, and she has seen Alice in Chains live with me before. And here's something funny. So this will tell you where her, where she's at as a fan. I played her. We die young. And I played her Them Bones. And on Them Bones, she goes, is this the old singer? And I go, yeah. Because she's seen him with William Duvall, obviously, because mm. she wasn't alive when, when Lane Staley was. And um, I go, yeah. And she goes, so the other one was the was the new guy? We Die Young? I'm like, no. Uh. They're both the old guy. I said, these are the first two. She goes, oh, okay. So, I mean, and and, and so then she just goes, I can't remember. I said something. She goes, "Yeah, but you you said you like the new singer. Like he, you said, he's really really good." I go, "Oh, don't get me wrong. I love the new singer. He's really really good. It, it, nothing against him when I'm saying how awesome Lane is. It's just Lane's awesome, you know. Mm. And I prefer Lane. Obviously, I'm sure we all do. I'm sure even William Duvall probably prefers Lane. But William Duvall does a fantastic job. I mean, I've seen him live once." And I mean, like th- when they played them bones and he does that, ah, dun, 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 ah, he sounded awesome. Like he, he does a fantastic job. And then the new songs they write, William Duvall's a badass, man. I love, I love that guy. I'm so glad that Jerry found him and decided to continue Allison Chains. Cause I love those new, th- those three newest albums they've done. I love them. Are you a fan of their newest albums? Their three newer ones? Yes. Good. Yeah, that's absolutely awesome. Awesome. I'm glad they carried on. You know, they gave it a while till they were ready, and mm-hmm. and I I think that was a really good thing to do. Yeah, because um, they've only really put out quality albums. Yes, that's what's amazing about them too. It's like the albums that, and I know it's it, some people would call it like I don't know heresy or whatever blasphemy, but I think those three albums are just as good as the stuff they did in the 80s and 90s. I mean, they're fantastic albums. I mean, of course, you grew up with the albums from, you know, what, 80, I say 80s, 89, you know, and then whatever, 91 and 93. But personally, I think I like all three of those newer albums better, at least better than the third album they did with Lane. It's hard to say I like them better than these two, 
but I wouldn't say that those are schlock albums. Those are fantastic. So anyway, so there's a, there's a little bit of our, let me ask you before we get started, let me do this too. When did you first, how did you get into Alice in Chains originally? Uh, well, I was listening to probably Nirvana and Pearl Jam a bit, and somebody had told me about um, the singles, the original motion picture soundtrack. Yeah. And the opening track on that is Wood Ooh, by Alice in Chains. Sure. So I absolutely loved that. But then I didn't really buy the CD or anything. So it wasn't until I was in a share house with somebody that played the unplugged CD constantly. Okay. Um, they played it so much that when I moved out, I had to buy that, and then I ended up buying the other albums as well. Oh, cool, cool. So they, they'd already stopped performing and putting out music by the time I got into them. Okay, yeah. But I, it doesn't really matter. I don't think they would have. They, I think they only came to the UK once. In okay. Any case, so it's not like I would have missed out on seeing them. For me, uh, my cousin had the facelift CD, and I guess they were playing Alice in Chains because this is before this is before grunge was really a defined thing, or you know, alternative rock. There really wasn't alternative rock was probably something more like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, just something weird. It hadn't got to that, you know, Nirvana, Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam and all that stuff being big, but they were playing on, on Headbangers Ball. And so my cousin, who was usually ahead of me in in music stuff, because he, he had access to music stores a lot more than I did. I lived out in the middle of nowhere. He lived in a big city, but I remember him having it. And I remember hearing like Sea of Sorrow and Man in the Box. And I was just kind of like, you know, okay, whatever. But we saw them. Uh, at a, they opened for Slayer, Megadeth, and Anthrax on this tour called the Clash of the Titans, and I don't remember thinking anything of it. I mean, when I tell people, yeah, I saw them on their opening tour, I wasn't there to see them. I really wasn't interested. Oddly enough, it says they opened with the song "Wood," which I found interesting because I didn't know that would have been a thing yet. But I, they, maybe they'd already recorded it for the movie. But um, I remember Lane Staley walked right by us after the show, like right up, right up the aisle. And my cousin just goes, hey, wasn't that the lead singer of that band? And we were just kind of like, yeah, I guess. You know, and if we only knew like a year later, we were just going to be. I'm sure we've all got so many. Yeah. Yeah. Things that we wish we'd appreciated more if we'd known. Oh, I know. And, you know, a year later or less than a year later, they were probably one of my top bands and and still yep. to this day. Um, but after that, I got into them, you know, after that. And then the sap EP came out and man, it was so they are, they're one of the most unique bands because they put out that super heavy album. Then they come out with sap, which is an acoustic thing. No, I can't even think of another band that did something like that. That was in the heavy realm of music that would have been on headbangers ball, you know, cause this is before unplugs were a big thing, I think. Mm. So, but it was, and, and sap, I, I like sap a lot more than I like jar of flies. But, you know, it was just, they had a lot of um, dynamics to them and, man, just a fantastic band. Um, but, you know, really got into them. Then by the time Dirt came in, I, I was just just head over heels, you know, just loved them. So, okay, so here's what we'll do. We'll go, we got, I guess we got 12 songs. We'll go, uh, we'll go song, you know, 
We Die Young versus Them Bones and so on. And the only thing we did was, I think the song Hate to Feel is song number 10 on Dirt and Put You Down is song number nine. Uh, track nine on Dirt is that intro thing that has like Tom Araya from Slayer on it. And so we just we just deleted that out easily, made this a easy. Yeah, thing. it's just a few seconds, isn't it? Yeah, and and when I say easy, it didn't make this an easy thing to do. It just made it easy to, to line the songs up. The, the other thing is that on some albums, but not ours, Down in a Hole is track four. Really? Yeah. I've never seen that anywhere. What is it track uh, uh, like a 12, 11 on yours? Yes, it is. Okay. I've never even heard that before. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> it was because I wrote them all I wrote them all down. I looked them on Wikipedia. Uh, and then you said you said this is it. And I'm like, oh yes, it is. That's, that's what right. I've got on my CD. I'm glad you said that. Because when you told me that you had gotten the the tracks messed up, I was like, how would she do that? Because they're just uh, and when now that makes sense. Okay. I've never even heard that though, being number four. It it would be a good number four too. It'd be a good number four because it'd be a no. It wouldn't be a good number four like uh, sequencing because then it's ahead of Rooster. So you got the two slower songs together. So, oh man, oh, that makes sense. I love these albums so much. This was such <laughs> this this was difficult. I mean, would you say this? Would you do you think this is the most difficult album battle we've done? Oh yes, absolutely. Okay, <laughs> and um, but it was really nice having to listen to them. Mm-hmm. To try and decide. I enjoyed that part of it. It made me realize just how incredible, A, how incredible Allison Chains is as a band that their first two albums are just, there's not a bad song on either album. Like, you, you listen to them and you're just like, now there's certain things that I don't like quite as much that we'll get into here. And I'm sure you feel the same way. Mm-hmm. But, but, but none of these were like, you know, Quest for Fire versus something where you're immediately just like, ah, you know, don't even have to listen to these songs for that one. It, I no, just... I'm, no, and I did a bit of flip-flopping as well because it was just ah. too hard to decide. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, there's a couple that I had to um, – I don't think I changed any of my choices. There's a couple – there was one – well, I'm looking at one that I almost flipped on and then I – was listening to the song. And then when I listened to the other song again, I was like, ah, I'll just leave it there. I just got to leave it. These are both incredible. And, mm-hmm. and, and probably half of these songs last night, I still hadn't chose what I wanted. I was like, it's too hard. It's so difficult. It's like, but I'm like, you can't, you cannot, you can't really lose for picking either one of them because they're just great, you know? So, so all that, all that, all that said, let's, let's get into this. And, um, do you want to go first? Sure. All right, so so tell me what you think of okay. Well, let's do it because I'm going to play the songs. I've got them. I'll play the music too. So, so we've got "We Die Young." Baby! 
versus them bones. So, Kirsty, what do you think? They're probably the heaviest songs on their respective albums. Okay. Um, we Die Young is more metal, and Them Bones is a bit more grungy, so they're both a great way to introduce the sound of the albums. Mm-hmm. Um, we Die Young, it starts with really heavy chugging riffs, incredible vocals, and it's the start of their signature vocal harmonies, but it's, it's used sparingly. Yeah. At this stage, um, there are dark lyrics. I think we could probably say that about pretty much every song. Every single one, albums. Yeah. yeah. But it's got a really good driving pace and it's catchy, melodic and fun to listen to. And this album, it's more blues, hard rock. And this this song, though, is a little bit more metal, especially on the solo. It yeah. ends abruptly, leaves me wanting more. And... Then Bones, it's the same. It's um, like a heavy song and it starts with a really crunchy riff. Yeah. I love the, when he goes, ow, at the beginning. He does what? Apparently, that was improvised by Lane. What does he do? At the time of recording. (laughs) No, I'm not doing it again. (laughs) The verses are in 7-8, so it's a bit out of step as well. And um, the parallel harmonies make it sound a bit sinister. Yes. And the, but still, again, the chorus is catchy, melodic and almost fun. Um, even though the lyrics are, I feel so alone, I'm going to end up a big old pile of them bones. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> it's still fun. Fun to sing along to. Um, and it's got a beautiful long solo that perfectly fits the song. Yes. And this one, this is just over really quickly. Yeah. And I found this one quite hard. Um, I'm going to go with them bones. It's always been one of my favorites. Oh, okay. Let me... I got to write write that down. Yeah, I have to write these results down here. I'm going to type them so you'll hear a little bit of clackety clack in here. But, um, okay. Okay. And I'm, you know, you basically said everything that there is to say about these songs. I mean, but you could say so much more, but I mean, it's just repeating yourself. It's just these songs are, you know, We Die Young debut album starts off with that crunchy, you know, riff, it's just, oh, it's a great riff. And then Lane comes in really quick with that scaries on the wall. I told told Sarah last mm. night, we should have named our cat Scary. You know, just so we could call her. I could have been like, scary. You've already changed its name. Yeah. But then I could have said stuff like, scaries on the table or something, you know. Let's get another cat. If we get another cat, I got to name it Scary. Um <laughs> Every single one of these songs, and I'm because I, I didn't write it down in every song, but I but I wrote it here. I love the guitar solos with the because the riffs are always heavy underneath. But his guitar solos are very tasteful. Every one of them, none of them are just like he's because he's not the Eddie Van Halen. Let me show you how many notes I can play, um, no. or maybe I should say Ingve Malmsing because he vomits the notes out. But 
his solos are always good. Even if they're short, they fit really well. And they're very, they're melodic. And I, I love his playing. Jerry Cantrell, he's, he's another one of these guys that I would call a riff master at this point. He's written so many great riffs. Um, this song, I said, it's quick and it's to the point. It, it's, um, you know, the, 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 like you said, the harmonies, they start them here. I think the harmonies sound better on dirt because it was probably produced better. But you can still, you know, if you know the harmonies, you still know what they are, and you hear it on "We Die Young." It's great. Uh, mm. I love, love "We Die Young." I think it's a great opener. It's a great way to, you know, who? What does this band sound like? And turn it on. That's what you get. Yeah. Um, I love them bones too, though, because you knew, you know, you got sap after facelift, and you're thinking, oh well, what's the next album going to sound like? I mean, immediately, ah, da, 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 just heavy riff, just Lane's vocal right up there in the mix loud and intense over and over that riff is just chugging along uh, and of course on this album the first three is it one two three i think the first three songs all start with um the harmonies you know with i believe them bones i mean it, it's mm. cool and they sound that their their harmonies are just incredible I love, love, you know, and of the bands I listened to this week, I didn't mention this, but Galactic Cowboys and um, Lillian X both have a lot of dual harmonies where both guys sing some, they'll, some songs, they'll sing the whole song together. And Allison changes that some, you know, a lot of it. I love it. I love those dual yeah, it's harmonies. Good. And it's quite unusual in like yeah. a metal band or. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. Them bones, I mean, the verses sound great. The chorus is good. The solo is good. Um, just I love throughout the song here and Lane go ah, and then there's like some bits where right before the second verse where he does that ah, and he does it really really long, and it's like he he's got a very powerful voice, mm. uh, and I love 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 listening to his voice. Um, on this song. I mean, on this on this choice here, uh, which is going to be like every other choice on this uh, thing here, it was not easy. I ended up choosing "We Die Young," which, and I was just like, I love them bones, but I also love "We Die Young." I mean, I, I like I said, this is it's weird because I kept thinking, but I love this album so much. How can I pick anything against this? You know, Dirt. Dirt is universally, by fans, kind of the magnum opus, the masterpiece by Alice in Chains. So it felt weird to pick anything that wasn't on Dirt sometimes. But I, I went with We Die Young. So so that puts us at a tie. So for a tie, we need a tiebreaker. And as I said, I think, I, I don't know if I said this when we were talking before. We were before the, the Patreon thing or if it was when we started. But I made my daughter listen to all of this. At first I made her after a while, she was enjoying listening to all the songs and she was really getting into a lot of them. I asked her to make a choice because I, I knew we needed a, I knew we were going to need a third party. <laughs> you know, I tried to get a third party, but one person um, was not able to do it for scheduling reasons. And the other person was having their birthday party. So they couldn't do it either. <laughs> so, so my daughter, who told me last night that she's the star of our show. Uh, I think that's fair. She is going to get the deciding vote, Kirsty. And 
letting my daughter listen to this, I'll just let what do you think she picked? Oh, I've got no idea. Um, I'm going to say We Die Young. She chose We Die Young. I couldn't. I was really surprised. I didn't quite expect that, but. It is a very good song. Yeah, I was really surprised too, because you know, sometimes if you play one song, then you play the next one, it's a lot easier sometimes to pick the second one, especially yep. if you love both of them, because you just heard it more recently and you're like, oh, I love this so much. But I was really surprised when she would pick a song off this album, because I would think, because they're both so good, and I'd be like, Toward the end, I would be like, let me replay the the first other song a little bit so you'll know what you're, you know, have a, you know, I don't want you to vote off of the last song every time because it's too easy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that gives a facelift a one. So next up, um, we got a much easier one on this one. We've got Man in the Box.
Easy enough, right? <laughs> Not really. Not really. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so you know, man in the box. You, you, you know, you end. We die young, and then you get bum 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 bum. That that just kick mm-hmm. ass, just crunchy riff. And then of course Lang comes in that with that you know yeah, and his voice. Like I'm just like listening to his voice and knowing him, you know, seeing him live. Knowing what his voice is like through the years, you just think, God, what, how amazing this guy's voice is. It's just so awesome. I love hearing it. Um, the riff is so good. You know, the, I'm the man in the box buried in my stuff, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the, the won't you save me with Jerry sounds really cool. But yeah. man, when they get to that chorus and he says, feed my eyes and he just feed is just really, really long and drawn out and powerful. God, he sounds amazing. Lane is just incredible. Um, and, you know, this song, is, it's kind of rinse and repeat. You get another verse that's awesome. The more the yeah, the more the feed my eyes and a good guitar solo. Fantastic song. Then you get to damn that river. So if you're ending, you know, I feel so alone. Gonna have a pile of them bones. But another, just another badass mm-hmm. rift. Another, these, these albums start very similarly. Because both of the first songs are really good. Then they kick right into another song. Um, Damn, that river's a little more aggressive than uh, Man in the Box. But because it's a little faster. But it starts off with those vocal harmonies. I broke you in the canyon. I drowned you in the lake. You know, you a snake that I would trample. Oh, their their vocals together are just incredible. And And then it's funny because usually they do a vice versa here. Because usually verses are going to be a solo and then chorus is going to be dual harmonies, but on theirs, they're doing the verses are dual and the chorus is single, you know, Oh, you couldn't damn that river. And maybe I don't give a damn anyway. It's really cool that the, you know, that they did it that way. Um, but man, uh, the riff underneath that chorus, when he's singing, Oh, you couldn't damn that river. And it's just so heavy. Oh my God. It's incredible. So good. Um, just, I don't know. I love this song. I believe one of the shows I saw, they opened with Damn That River. I think of the, I saw them three times. Uh, The first time was uh, that show I mentioned with Slayer, Megadeth, and Anthrax. The second time was opening for Ozzy Osbourne, which was really cool. Um, I don't remember what they opened with on that one. And the third time I saw them on Lollapalooza, which was like an alternative music festival that they had over here. I don't know if it was worldwide or not. I've definitely heard of it, though. Yeah. Um, it was started by, um, uh, what was the uh, Jane's Addiction guy? Perry Farrell or whatever. And I'm really glad I got to see them. Their stage at that show had a big, like, just this big netting in front of them. So Lane was going up and hanging around on it and, you know, leaning all over it and stuff. It was, pretty, it was really cool, man. It, they were really, really good live. I'm very, very thankful that I got to see them three times with him. I've seen him once with Duval, and he's fantastic too. But um, that's me waffling around because this is a tough pick as well. Um, so, Man in the Box versus Damn That River, very similar songs in a way. I mean, good, strong track twos. Lane sounds awesome on the chorus on both of them. the The verses are good on both of them. Uh, I chose. This was difficult. <laughs> but I, 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 I ended up going with man in the box. Okay. So, um, 
What did you go with, Kirsty? Tell me about the songs and what did you go with? Yeah, um, Man in the Box. That's the song that made them famous. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it when it starts with that heavy chugging chords as well. And it's just instantly recognizable. And then they've got an iconic riff using the talk box as well on mm-hmm. the guitar. Yeah. Um, which they got the idea from You Give Love a Bad Name by Bon Jovi. <laughs> but they, um, they adapted it to use a wah pedal for live shows. Okay. And the, the verses are they're quite restrained. Even the harmonies, or won't you come and save me, are quite restrained. But then mm-hmm. the chorus is just so big. Yes. For Lane's soaring vocals are just incredible. And he's got so much control on there. Yeah. Um, I love the back and forth harmonies on the chorus, the contrast in their voices. Mm-hmm. Uh, the solo really fits the song again. Melodic, bluesy solo. And again, really disturbing lyrics, but I just find <laughs> this one really uplifting. And I always smile and want to sing along when I hear it. Yeah. So, and down that river, it's got a nice pace and it goes straight into a really heavy riff. And it's got a lot of energy. There's a bit more upbeat than a lot of the songs on Dirt. Absolutely. I feel like it could fit on Facelift. Yeah. Um, I love how heavy the guitars are under the chorus. Uh, it's got another great ending. Uh, it's a fantastic one-two opening. It's really hard to hear them bones and not need this next. Yeah. Which almost makes me want to vote for down that river but i'm not going to because just because man in a box is iconic i'm voting for man in a box oh wow okay okay and just in case we needed a uh a a cementing this one vote sarah also voted for man in the box look can i tell a funny man in the box story sure this is uh it's 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 kind of funny it's kind of sad you know there was this thing over here years ago called the satanic panic you know and yes. where, where they would take lyrics by a band and and make you think that they were a satanic band. So mid-90s, I'd been a huge Alice in Chains fan for a few years. And I started going to this church, right? Uh, a Christian church. And I met this girl, this girl that I really liked. Like she was, she was, she was an attractive girl. Um, and we would talk and stuff. And I remember we were, you know, because she knew that I'm coming from this whole other world. Like she's a girl that was like raised in the church. Like her dad was a minister, you know, things like that. And I was just this, you know, probably I was probably the guy coming into church that keep your daughters away from this guy, you know? So, um, but she was super cool. And we were talking and I remember one, I can still remember sitting and talking to her one day and she, and I, I don't know how Allison chains came up, but she goes, yeah, there's this song they got. And it goes, it says, Jesus Christ, deny your maker. And I was like, yeah. Do you know what the next line is? She goes, no, what is it? So so first of all, first of all, you know, that's big a big chunk of the satanic panic right there. One line, no context, right? The religious people would use this stuff. And, you know, I understand it because I, you know, I was I was alive during the satanic panic and, you know, all the PMRC type stuff that was going on back then with Wasp and and th- that whole thing just added fuel to the fire for it. So I told her, I said, um, well, do you know what the next line is? And she goes, no. And I said, well, the next the next line, he says, he who tries will be wasted. And literally, you know, that's, that there's nothing pro-Christian about this Alice in Chains song in any way. But the fact that she didn't know what the next line in the song was and 
basically that line is contrary to the line before it if you if you're just gonna do it right you know deny your maker but he who tries will be wasted I know there's nothing that's supposed like I said nothing uplifting about it nothing like that but I'm gonna tell you what I think that little conversation I had I think that changed that girl's life <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, so. I, I I really no I mean I really think that it it like that it really made her go wow I've been lied to, you know, I'm being kind of, cause I told her, I said, you know, you're not getting, you don't, you're not getting everything here. I said, look, I'm not saying it's a song that's a, you know, probably a positive uplifting song or anything, but you got to have all the, you know, it's like people that quote Bible lyric, your quote Bible quotes. Sometimes they get, they're guilty of using one line for for a certain purpose without using the follow up that would probably, you know, mute what they're trying to get across. And so I was like, it's the same thing. And I love music so much. And I wasn't trying to be a bad influence, but I think I was, um, I think I was a good and a bad influence. So, but I just remember, I can still remember that. Oh, it says Jesus Christ deny your maker. I'm like, yeah, but what's the next line? I don't know. Okay. Well, you're speaking out of turn then because here's the next line. <clears throat> and I think she was just kind of like, are you serious? And I'm like, I'm dead serious, you know? You'd say instilled a bit of critical thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I thought that I just, I thought I had to tell that story because it's, you know, I don't know when we'll talk about this album again. Uh, so, okay. So that's a slam dunk for Man in the Box. Damn, that river is freaking awesome, though. We both admit that. So. It really is. Which brings us to the third track on each album, uh, which from facelift it is sea of sorrow
versus Dirt's Rain When I Die. you're going first on this one okay so sea of sorrow that starts with a nice piano and it's a slow bluesy intro and it keeps slow pace for a while and there's some beautiful singing and harmonies on it um but it soon speeds up and gets going and it's quite fun Mm -hmm. and the you open fire pre-chorus is really happy (laughs) sing-along melody and you could dance to this it's pretty rock and roll there's a bit before the chorus that it sounds like it could be from a status quo song, no offence. <laughs> but this song's got a few time changes and stops and starts, and it's cool, and it keeps things interesting. Brilliant yeah. bluesy solo. Different bits of this song just keep popping into my head, like when days after I've played the album. It's um, So it's very catchy as well. Um, Rain When I Die. That's got that really nice long bass intro, mm-hmm. the atmospheric guitar effects over it. Mm-hmm. And then it's a really cool guitar bends and a riff with lots of wire. And this song's got good energy. Yeah. Um, and it's got a nice melodic verse with subtle harmonies. And I just love this chorus with the gentle guitar under it. It sounds so beautiful, you almost forget the lyrics. Yeah. It's got a really nice bridge too. And it fades out and fades back in at the end before it stops. And that's a really cool ending as well. And this one, again, was really hard. I like both of these songs a lot. Yeah. Um, But I've ended up going with Sea of Sorrow for this one. Sea of Sorrow. Okay, let me write that down. Sea of Sorrow. Oops. I can't type very well today. Okay. Uh, I'll start with Rain When I Die here, um, because you were talking about that last. Uh, The Mm. bass, that bass intro, is it's a cool bass line. It's a cool bass line. I love when they come in, you know, with that, uh, that blended vocal there. It's really, really cool. And then that riff, I just said that riff is sick, you know, bound on, on a wow. And like you said, he's using the, the wah pedal or whatever he's doing, but man, it's just really cool. And then it gets kind of subtle for the verses, you know, is she ready to know my frustration, all that good stuff. But man, when he gets to the chorus, did she call my night? Just that, Oh, golly. His voice is just powerful, man. It is just, mm. um, I love, love, love that um, 
But this is the third song in a row from Dirt where they start with blended vocals. And then the chorus, Another. this is another oddity. They do the chorus again the same way as the last song, where the chorus is solo and uh, interesting. Um, there's another bit later in the song where this it kind of slows I don't know if it slows down, but it changes the the beat just a little bit, the vibe of the song. You know, that's, she won't yeah. let me hide. She don't want me to cry I, and all that. Oh, it, I said, it's really, one thing about this is everything is, there's very little on here that doesn't have a dark feel to it, which explains to me, like, as I was doing this, I was like, this is why I like Alice in Chains so much. Cause they're just dark. I mean, everything, I mean, God, like, especially we're going to get into some lyrics, you know, coming up that when I was letting Sarah hear him last night, she was just like, Oh my God. You know? Yeah, sure. You and know? I've been kind of describing these songs as quite fun and upbeat as I well. Know. Funny. <laughs> I know. You're like, Oh, this <laughs> is a good sing along. I'm like, come, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was laughing when you say that. I mean, I get it. You're you're going off the uh, the harmonies and the beat and everything. I get it. Yeah. I get it. I get it. We we can enjoy it with some people. You know, it's weird because some people would listen to a band like this, and it might fuel something in them. Like, oh God, you know, life is terrible. I want you to kill me and dig me under. I want to live no more. You know, and really take mm. lyrics like that. And to me, I've never, I've never ever, I've never struggled with depression. But people who have also, they listen to it and they think, well, okay, somebody else gets it and it actually helps them. Sure. Yeah, that's a good good point. Very good point. Um, And I think that's probably more of what people would come away with listening to this that have that uh, struggle. That they would say, wow, I'm not the only one. And it's probably identifiable. They can probably get into the song and get out of the song. And and it could probably, yeah, I could see how that could help somebody. And of course, we're not even on that song yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, the next one was "Sea of Sorrow," and uh, you know it's a slower start. That dun dun dun, and like you said, there's a little bit of piano in there. Um, and and the song starts off kind of slow. Mind of destructive taste. I chose to stroll amongst the waste that was your heart. <laughs> God, what a dark lyrics. <laughs> Lost in the dark. But then when it kicks in, you know, when it gets that heavier walls of thought, strong and high, God dang, that's awesome. You know, the way he sounds on it, his voice is really powerful. And then, of course, they get to the, uh, you know, you opened fire and your mark was true. And like you said, there's a lot of the changes in the in the t- the um, the beat of the song, like the chorus, when it's like, I live tomorrow. That chorus is really good. And then it goes back to that, dun, 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 dun. Then it jumps back into the other part where it, it, that the beat with the verses comes in. That lines cut across my face. Um, I really, really like this song. There's a, gr- a really good guitar solo in it, I think, as well. The song's aggressive. Just, it's such a cool song. And Rain When I Die is a really cool song, too. But <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, this is another slam dunk uh, because Sarah voted for Sea of Sorrow as well. And I'm voting for Sea of Sorrow. Oh well. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I, and so I did really feel like it could have gone either way. Oh yeah. Well, I'll say this. I think for me, the first two songs could have gone either way. For mm-hmm. me, there's no way rain when I when I die. This is one that I knew immediately. I was like, I like rain when I die, but I don't like it as much as Sea of Sorrow, even though I like it a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's that. Yeah. I try, know. Trying to find the one. One has a little more weight on it than the other, but I like both of them because there's. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to, I, I always feel like I got to defend. I don't hate it. I don't, you know, 
<laughs> but I, I think people will probably will have gathered by now. Yeah. How yeah. much you like all of the songs. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Uh, next, uh, the next song, uh, track four, next song is from Facelift. We have Bleed the Freak. Sick Man from Dirt. Okay, uh, Bleed the Freak, it's another softer start, you know, and it's got that kind of, I don't know how to describe the way, oh, it's almost a whiny, maybe that's the way, like a whiny, my cup runneth over, you know, that is, it's just, yep. but then it kicks in with that, the stand for me, name your God and Bleed the Freak, it's aggressive, it's badass, and then when it gets into the riffs, you know, I can't remember what the line he says is, I want to say, when the something, I, I want to say pig, I don't know if he says pig there, but when the something runs slower, living arrow flying, it's, just, it's aggressive. You know, I'll pluck out, I'll pluck out thine eye, thee, and it goes right back into the chorus again. Oh, it's good. Uh, it's got a really, really good guitar solo. Uh, nothing too long, but it's very memorable. Uh, and then it, you know, there's a part where it slows down and you almost hear like, uh, like, a th- like thunder in the, in the background. And then Lane comes doing that with that. Ah, just, oh, his voice, man. His vocals are incredible. Like he had such a powerful, 
interesting voice. Um, but the next song kicks in, Sick Man, which starts with that drums and that down, da, 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 down, and he comes in with that, yay! <laughs> That's really cool. Um, you know, what the hell have I, a thousand eyes of fly, and then, then it's more of the darkness. Lucky, then I'd be in one day deceased. Sick man, you know? Um, and then the chorus, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's the difference? I'll die. You know? Yeah. I, I love that part. You know, it's so slow. Then it's like, bah, 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 it just kicks right back. They got a lot of these really quick time changes, which is really, it, it keeps you on your toes, I guess for, in a way. But, um, there's a slow part in this song and it, it's incredible the way they sound. It's so dark sounding, but it's that, you know, where it's like you hear that it's really this arpeggiated guitar and then you almost hear what it sounds like voices in the background. Yes. And then they're like, can you see the end? It's just, oh, it's so dark. But it's vocal harmonies doing it as well. Oh, man. And there's that, that line where they say purity over rot and they kind of it kind of swells up and goes back down and the drums are like beating the hell out of it. Bop, 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 bop. Uh, oh man, that that's a badass song. <laughs> Bad ass song here. Um, so, uh, man, this is, this one was really tough after the last one, which wasn't as tough for me. This one was really, really tough for me. I had to, <laughs> this is one I had to wait till last night to choose. Cause I just couldn't decide. And after listening again, I ended up choosing, surprisingly, I went with Bleed the Freak. So I'm four for four right now on Facelift. Wow. Yeah. And, and those, um, those first four songs are all, were all singles, I think. Really? I didn't know Bleed the Freak was. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So what, do you, what about you? Well, Bleed the Freak... Um, Often a show opener. Um, I really like the quiet intro. That's lovely. When he sings my cup runneth over, it's so gentle. Yeah. And then it just really gets going, doesn't it? That's um, another sing-along chorus with really cool harmonies. Uh, there's some heavy bassy riffs and a metal solo. And yeah. that, I think that quiet section with the voices underneath. Yeah. The bass sounds amazing with the guitar soloing slowly over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a really cool song. Um, Sick Man. I just love that drum intro. It's awesome. Yeah. This song, it just keeps switching between being really fast and aggressive to like a slow, trippy waltz. Mm-hmm. So it, it feels like being dizzy or disoriented. It's a bit unsettling. <laughs> uh, I like the slow section. It's like, it's like a break from all the craziness. Yeah. There's a lovely solo over the top. But the lyrics, although I'm saying it's like a break, the lyrics are, can you see the end choke on me, my friend? Yeah. Yeah, there's um, there's all these voices and laughter underneath. It was um, about knowing he was going to die from his addiction because he says maybe one and he's maybe wanting to get clean. He says I won't rest until my head is clear. Yeah, but in the end, not caring because the world's messed up. Mm-hmm. So yes, again, pretty dark. Very. I'm going to go with Sick Man on this one. Okay. Okay. So, sick man. Let me write this down. I got my keyboard up here in front of me, too far away. Sick man from Kirsty. Okay, so now I guess Sarah again has to be the star and be the deciding vote mm-hmm. here. 
Sarah chose Bleed the Freak. Yes, I thought she would. Yeah, surprised by that. Sick, sick man's a bit. Um, you know, I don't know if you'd like it straight away. I I really did. Uh, this this to yeah. me this was this was the first one I think that was. Uh, we die young, and then Bones was tough, but I chose We Die Young pretty quickly. I uh, same with Man in the Box. Same with Sea of Sorrow. Mm-hmm. This is the first one where I thought, okay, I got I'm going I'm going dirt this time. This I, is one of the last ones that I chose, I think, that I decided on. Yeah, yeah. It's very tough. I mean, but the thing about um, Dirt is every song is dark. Even you get down to Down in a Hole, which is the pretty song. Mm. Bury me softly in this womb. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just, it, there's, it's, it's just, you're down in a hole. I mean, it's really, like you said, addiction. Down in a hole and I don't know if I can be saved. I thought the line oh, when we get oh, we'll get to it we'll get to it sorry yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I want to talk about it as soon as I talk about it. um okay track five from Dirt is I and okay so let me let me say right now if we're keeping if anyone's keeping score at home which I'm sure somebody is and probably cursing it is facelift four and Dirt zero at this point it's not looking good for Dirt so far. Track. Well, so I'm voting. For- <laughs> you're dirt. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. You know. I'm voting for some dirt songs. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm voting for him in my head. I wanted to vote. I was reading this and I was thinking I was going to say Sick Man, and then I was like, I looked up and I was like, Wait a minute! I voted Bleed the Freak. So okay. Yeah. So if I wouldn't have wrote that down, I probably would have changed my vote right there. But I'm going to stick with my votes here. Uh, yeah, you need to. Don't you? Got to look it in sometime. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> um, even if people get mad about it, it is what it is. Um, so number five, I love the title of number five because it's a line that I use all the time in real life. I can't remember. Versus um, Dirt's huge, huge, huge single, Rooster.
I can't remember um, another quiet intro with a great bi- bass line. And I just want to say the bassist on these two albums, Mike Starr, was so good. Yes. And this is a very bluesy song. And it's got the fabulous line, excuse the tube, but I haven't eaten today. <laughs> I'm going to address that one too. <laughs> uh, I really like the whispered lines on this. And the guitar steps up a bit on the second verse. Yeah. Um, this song displays the largest vocal range of any Lane era Alison Chain song. Okay. It's just an absolutely incredible performance. And this is another song that just ends quite abruptly. Mm-hmm. A bit like me talking about it just then. And <laughs> Rooster. <laughs> Rooster is um, quite rightly a big hit uh, song that Jerry Cantrell wrote for his father. Mm-hmm. It's about the Vietnam War. And as soon as I hear those quiet, jangly guitars, I'm taken back to the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, I've written the bass line is so good on this one as well. Um, I love the way it just bursts into the chorus. It's really powerful and triumphant. And mm-hmm. I think there's a sparing use of electric guitar. So when it's used in the chorus, it really brings the song to life. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to vote for it. I'm voting for Rooster. Okay, okay. So, uh, yeah, to go to the very ending of the song first on I Can't Remember when he just says, I am alive, you know, and you're right. I, I forgot, I didn't write that down, but man, that that ending is very abrupt. Um, the intro, you know, it, it's it's soft. It's a soft intro, but it's it's dark. I just love Allison Chains. I love that darkness, man. I just love the darkness. Um, and the bass, and, and I haven't said that through any of these songs yet, but Sean Kinney's drumming. It fits so well. It's like he's a yes. He he's not an over player. I do now. I do feel like occasionally he is. Like if you take a song like um, "No Excuses," you know, I feel like he's just he does lots of percussion on that one. I guess he's not overplaying, but I, he doesn't really overstep any boundaries as a drummer. He does what's needed, and I love love that in a drummer. You know, our favorite band is Iron Maiden, and Nico is, in my opinion, an over player. It, I like it. But Nico is what I think what was a dental drummer. If there's a hole, he's going to fill it, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah, this is great because I really like the drums on this, but I don't know about drums like you do. I, I don't know. I'm a very basic drum. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm like in anything in life, I'm very non-observant. Like I just know what I know. And like with drums, I don't know a lot about it. Like I can just play. Uh, I would be more of a, a more of a Sean Kinney or Phil Rudd of ACDC kind of drummer where I want to play basic. I don't want to try to be a show off, but I'm also not good enough to be like a big Nico show off either. So maybe I do it out of necessity. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could play like Nico though. Um, or, or Joe Lazarus, you know, anyway. So yeah, but I wanted to say that the drumming on this album on both albums, even though I'm not really going to point it out a whole lot, fantastic. And the bass playing is as well. Lots of really cool bass lines that just add a lot to every song. So um, obviously the band focuses heavily on Jerry Cantrell and Lane Staley 
at this time. So because they were, you know, the guitars and vocals are the star and Jerry does both and Lane completely excels so much at the other one that he kind of takes the focus away from everything else. Um, but yeah, the, the, the riff, uh, is dark on, I can't remember. And then when it kicks in down, 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 and he says, you know, turn around, you say, excuse the tude, but I haven't eaten today. And as soon as Sarah heard that, excuse the tude, she busted out laughing. She goes, excuse the tude. And I go, yeah, <laughs> but he says, like I told the church girl, I said, but he says, excuse the tude, but I haven't eaten today. And then it like takes it, it takes her immediately from thinking it's funny to, oh, wow. Yeah. Someone hasn't eaten today. No wonder he's got an attitude, you know? Mm. Um, which I thought was cool. I thought it was cool. I thought it was funny that she noticed it, but I thought it was cool when her attitude changed when I said it. Um, but then I liked again, like you said that, what's your name? Things like that. You know, and that, that I, that I can't remember is really good. The guitar solos are good. You know, the song just kind of uh, trudges along, you know, it just, it just, I love the, I can't remember the way he just, uh, it's Lane's vocals are always good. They're really not a time when they're, they're terrible. <laughs> so, uh, Rooster, obviously the, the, the very famous, very slow start. The, um, the Wilson sisters at the beginning, you know, that, ooh, ooh bit, you know who the Wilson sisters are, right? Yes. From heart. Um, I, that's one thing I felt was really missing from the unplugged version of this was not having them there. I wish they would have made made that happen, but um, you know the lyrics to this song. I was listening to him last night, and I'm not the most like. Sometimes I just don't pay enough attention. I like the lyrics, but man, when I was just thinking about this is a guy from Vietnam, and one of the lines that really hit me in this song last night was, "The bullets scream to me from somewhere." You know, they ain't found a way to kill me yet. You know, Army Green was no safe bet. What is this? He says, "Wait, ain't found a way to kill me yet." Um, I ain't found a way to kill me. Eyes burn with stinging sweat. Um, every path leads me to nowhere. Man, I mean, how many times have we felt like that in life in general? How often does a person feel like that? You know, we all go through that at some point in our life. It's a very, uh, but man, when he says the bullets scream to me from somewhere, like, like he's just over there and he doesn't know where they're coming from. He just knows they're coming. Um, but it, it, this song is a victor, a victor song. You know, this is a victorious type of song because he went to Vietnam. He made it through, and uh, it's a fantastic song. Um, the lyrics are just—they're just—they're really impressive lyrics. Uh, Lane sounds so awesome, and we know when it kicks in and with that, yeah, you know he ain't gonna die. Oh my gosh, incredible! It's—it's it's basically a slow—I wrote slow sludgy song all the way through. Um, fantastic song. I hate to say, Kirsty, what I'm about to say. But when they started playing Rooster and me and Sarah were at that concert, we left. Because <laughs> I knew it was going to be the closing song and it was late. And I think I had to work the Did next day. Did you need th to beat the traffic? I hate to say it, but this was a beat the traffic song for me that night. Um, yeah, well, I I have um, left things a little bit too early sometimes just to get home. Yeah, that's I rarely ever do it, but I did it that night. Mm. But um, on this one... Uh, I like the rooster, but the rooster's always kind of got on my nerves. It's always just been slow and it doesn't do enough for me as I've gotten older. Like when I was younger, I felt that way, but the older I get, 
Like the last, I remember the first time I listened to that song after I walked out early and I just thought, what the hell was I thinking? Man, this song's incredible. But I think, you know, part of it, it was the single, it was all over the radio and MTV and, um, I ended up voting. I can't remember. So here's another time, Kirsty, where we have to go with my daughter for the vote to win this battle. And so far, it's four to nothing facelift. But all of that changes now, Kirsty, because Sarah voted for Rooster. And Rooster is the winner here. So finally, Dirt gets one point. Dirt is on the board. So let me <laughs> let me put Rooster. K wins. Let me oh, put a, there's, there's still time for it to win. There really is, because this album, uh, I honestly, I'll say this early. Mm-hmm. I feel like Dirt is, str- I mean, even though Dirt is not weak anywhere, it's even stronger. It's stronger at the beginning and the end. Yes, yes, very much so. So, and I don't think that facelift is quite as strong at the end as it it's all good but i don't think it's as strong as dirt at the end but we'll see sure, how let's see how we go yeah we'll see how it pans out so right now we are four to one so the next uh, song we have from facelift is love hate love
from Dirt, we have Junkhead. Love, Hate, Love has that slow start again, a nice dark rift, which, you know, everything is. But man, this one's really good. That, dun, I tried to love you with that, dun, 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 dun. Oh, it's so good. You know, the harmonies, you know, where they get to that sweet little angel, you should have run. This is a very scary song. Yeah. You know, when you think about it, um, it makes you scared for your daughter's. You know, your kids, in a way, when you think about the, the potential of people. You know, we talked about Jeffrey Dahmer earlier, uh, the potential for the kind of people that are out there. You know, I want to peel the skin from your face before the real you is, you know, lays to waste. <laughs> I've that, written that line down to you. It's a very, I don't even have it written down, but I, I mentioned, oh, da- I mentioned, it's, da- it's, it's dark. It really jumps out when you're listening to it. That's for sure. And, you know, that, that like I said, the Dahmer thing was called dissecting, you know, and, mm. and, and so, yeah, that's very, it's scary as hell. That's a scary song. Um, but it sounds awesome. Um, you know, sweet. Um, but I love that at 425, we get the climax of the song where he just goes, yeah, love, hate, love. And then hit just all the yes he does in there. I noticed yeah. Sarah noticed that Lane says, yeah, a lot. You know how people make fun of James Hetfield for saying, yeah, a lot. <laughs> he has lots of yes, but I think his yes are, they're both, they're both really good. James's were good too, but man, his yas are drawn out and long and oh, they sound amazing. Um, so the next song, uh, Junkhead from, from, uh, Dirt. Dirt. <laughs> it starts with a big lane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, since I said that, um, you know, and that riff is heavy. Um, and then it quiets down, you know. A good night, the best in a long time. This is where I was like, Sarah, listen to these lyrics. You know, a new friend turned me on to an old favorite. Nothing better than a dealer who's high, be high, convince him to buy. And then that, yeah, that he throws in there right before the chorus. Oh my God. Incredible. Um, I love, 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 love the chorus. What's my drug of choice? Well, what have you got? You know? I don't go broke and I do it a lot, which I guess basically his career was fueling his addiction. 
Um, the lyrics to this song are extremely drug addict dark. Um, I really, really like this song a lot too. Uh, and I didn't write a whole lot more than that. I wrote, I love the song. Um, on this one, uh, so far, I, I've, I haven't even voted for Dirt yet, but that's changing right now because I gave my vote to Junkhead. I, I, that chorus to me is just, and the, I don't know, there's just something about it. Uh, the, love, Hate, Love is a very, very dark, you know, as bad as Junkhead, as dark as Junkhead is, Love, Hate, Love is even darker. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I voted Junkhead. I just, I love it. I love that chorus. What's my drug of choice? I love the way the harmonies sound. I don't love the words, but I love the harmonies, man. They sound fantastic. Yep. So what do you think, Kirsty? Have you seen um, the Live at the Moor concert? Uh, it's been a long time, but I've I, I've heard it. Um, I have heard it. I have heard it. It's been a while, but I've heard it for sure. Just as... Um, they're about to sing Love, Hate, Love. Lane says, this is a song about pain. About pain. Okay. Um, it's got um, a really eerie feel. It's a very dark riff, and but hauntingly beautiful vocal. Yeah. And the bass is really simple, but very deep and prominent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's pretty intense. It's very, pretty about a pretty unhealthy relationship, as we've discussed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Lane, it can convey the conflicting emotions. It's got a very powerful chorus. Again, I think this is one of his best performances, which is saying something. Yeah. Uh, check it out live. Yeah. You know, I said I went to see the cover band. I sent you a clip, didn't I? Yes, you did. I they... could not believe they played this. Yeah. Because I would have thought it would have been a really hard one to pull off. Sure. Um, Jerry Cantrell said it's a masterpiece of the record. And... This is one of his favorite solos he's ever performed. It's good. But, you know, I like most of his solos, probably yeah. all of his solos. <laughs> yeah. um, although it slows right down and you think it's coming to an end and you just get that little bit more. Yeah. You say, like when he's belting out the years again. Uh-huh. <laughs> the yeah. <laughs> the yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't care. <laughs> don't care. <laughs> dark That's one of your big words too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Junkhead's the start of a run of songs about heroin addiction. Yes. It's got a nice sludgy pace. The chorus is melodic. It's got some really ha- lovely harmonies. Uh, I love the bass runs underneath the chorus as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got an interesting instrumental section. It sounds a little bit like a keyboard. Okay. But there's no sort of credit for keyboard, so I guess it's a guitar f- effect, mm-hmm. which I quite like. Um, but I'm actually voting for love hate love so wow okay gonna need a tiebreaker again mm, well and we have Good job one. You got Sarah on board we needed a lot I, see i knew it i knew this was gonna happen and so you know I, i'm gonna say something real quick because you know i think you got a little offended until wayne kind of righted your ship a little bit about me calling you the <laughs> trevor of our podcast but i think i'm gonna on this episode i'm gonna refer to you as the Lane Staley of our podcast because you say yeah a lot. So well, we, all say, nice. we all say we all say yeah. I'll but take that. Anybody, yeah. I, f- I figured you'd like that, so I had to throw that in. Uh, <laughs> um, you voted love, hate, love. I voted junkhead. What did Sarah vote? So Sarah, oh wait, let me write your vote down too. So because I don't remember, you know, because I can't remember. <laughs> See, uh, love, hate, love for Kirsty. And Kirsty, for the second time in a row, 
Sarah voted with you. She voted love, hate, love. So it wins. So, because I was literally, I thought, it's funny because I thought there's no way that, I thought once we get to this, this is where dirt's going to just start kicking ass. It's not looking good for dirt now. It's not now because that makes it, what, five to one? It does. Ooh. Let me write that. Let me write that score down right here, too, because I have a facelift. Five. Golly, man, I wouldn't have. You know, and like I said, Dirt is the album that everyone goes to as the masterpiece, you know, and I I love it. I was really shocked when I was looking at my results at, 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 at to this point. I was like, holy crap. Like literally my first four picks were all first five were all from facelift. So I was kind of wasn't expecting that. Cause I was just like, Oh, dirt's going to just, maybe, maybe this, maybe this is a little bit of a pun. Dirt's going to sweep the floor. <laughs> facelift, <laughs> You know? Um, so we're halfway through the albums right now. It's not looking good for dirt, but we're getting to the strongest part of the album for dirt. Really? Um, mm-hmm. we've entered that already, but we're getting, let's see here. Track number seven from facelift is it ain't like that. Track number seven from Dirt is the title track, Dirt.
really cool riffs alternating here so one's got a bend and the other's like really heavy and chugging mm-hmm. and they keep swapping between each other which keeps it really interesting and mm-hmm. um, this is another song with a really catchy sing-along chorus mm-hmm. it sounds sounds really happy till you catch the lyrics as usual <laughs> right and <laughs> dirt this is a title track and um, it's got a really cool riff that uses those eastern type scales you know like we know from Power Slave and Tamer Land and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the pace, the harmonies, and the lyrics on this chorus just absolutely sum up grunge. Mm, yeah. But um, for me, yeah, it's a, it's an awful so it's an awful subject, but yeah, it is an absolutely gorgeous song. But if I had to rank these, and thank God we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I think both of these songs would probably be towards their bottom half. Really? So again, it was hard. Yeah, gotcha. For me, um, uh, I voted for It Ain't Like That. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I'm glad you pointed out the riff, the, the contrast. I didn't write the word down, but yeah, you got that. And then it gets that dun, 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 dun. dun in the Yeah, that's, it's mm. really cool. Like you said, the contrast of how they go back and forth with those two riffs. Um Jerry Cantrell, to me, he's up to me. He's in that way upper echelon of guitar players, riff guys that I would say is like Tony Iommi, you know, James Hetfield, Dave Mustaine, uh, Kurt Vanderhoof from Metal Church. And Jerry Cantrell's up in that pantheon of just incredible riff writers, um, you know, but the 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 lip, the, rip, the the lines in the song, you know, there I was laid out on the table It almost like an autopsy happening, right? Is that what I'm? Is mm. that what, yeah. um, the riff underneath him singing, you know, it's just that because they're playing that as he's singing. There I was laid out on the table, um, but then we get to that. See the cycle I waited for. Dun 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 dun. dun. It ain't like that. What is ain't? What is the what is the two words that make up ain't? Because isn't is isn't and is it's is not. What is ain't? Are not? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. Because ain't. No. I am not. Ain't. No. Yeah, it could be ain't. It, it could be am not. Like, no. You wouldn't say yeah. it am. It am not. No. It isn't. Yeah, I don't even know. It's just. It's just slang. But it's. But it's a word. Ain't now. Ain't is a word. <laughs> but it's slang. Allison Chains is using it in the song title. I'm going to call it a word. <laughs> it is a word. It's a contraction. But um, we obviously got no idea what we're talking about. Here, let's find out. Hold on. Hold on, let me no. talk to <laughs> Hey Siri, what is ain't a contraction of? The word ain't is a contraction of is not, have not, are not, and has not. What? Ain't is a contraction, Kirsty, of is not, have not, are not, and has not. 
That's messed up. Okay, that, so yeah. why did they pick eight? I don't so know. So if, 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 if we were, <laughs> were going to add some water to the dirt, it'd be clear as mud, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So there we go. Okay, that cleared up nothing. That's your English lesson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe what? Maybe I should do a screenshot of that and put that on face Twitter later. Uh, okay, so yeah, so it ain't like that's really cool to me. Really cool to me. Uh, dirt. It starts with that arpeggiated, dark, heavy, slow riff. Um, and the, uh, I wrote the, yeah, from Lane and Jerry, uh, another, yeah. Uh, yeah. and the, and the lyrics in this song are just incredibly, incredibly dark. Um, I've never felt such frustration or, I mean, God, it's, it's, it's very sad to read these lyrics now, especially knowing, you know, Lane's demise, um, I have never felt such frustration or lack of self-control. I want you to kill me and dig me under. I want to live no more. One who doesn't care is one who shouldn't be. I try to hide myself from what is wrong for me, which he didn't do. Um, you know, I want to taste dirty, a stinging pistol in my mouth, on my tongue. I want you to scrape me from the walls and go crazy like you made me. It's like a parent thing, right? I don't even have these lyrics written down. <laughs> Just I've heard them so many times. Wow. Um, I'm trying to read. I wrote some of them down, but uh, the chorus, I mean, they sound awesome. One who doesn't care is one. Um, it's the dark, I mean, God dang, you can't, can't get really much darker than that. I want you to scrape me from the walls and go mm. crazy like you made me. Like, hey, mom. That's, that's almost what that sounds like it's saying. God dang, that's dark. Um, very dark. And, and, you know, and and you don't think about it as much when you're young. Like whenever I was hearing this as a 20 some odd year old person, it didn't bother me. I mean, it's dark, but man, as a parent with two wonderful children downstairs that I love, man, it's, 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 it's scary as hell to hear these lyrics. You know, it's really scary because you just can't even imagine your child doing that or thinking that or, or saying that, you know, who, um, sorry. Um, so yeah, but these are, I think it was probably because I haven't voted for it. Maybe it got a little bit too heavy for me. Who knows? Yeah. I, and I will say, I love that song. It's a fantastic song. It's just dark as hell. Super, super dark. But, um, I voted for, it ain't like that. So oh, it, you did? Yeah. There you go. I, it did. Oh, Even the, and, and that was a tough one for me because I love dirt and I love it. Those that was a very, very tough vote for me. That's one I waited till last night. And just in case anybody was wondering if we were waiting on Sarah to clear it up for anybody, she voted for it ain't like that as well. So let me pick it mm. ain't like that. <laughs> I can't believe I was gonna say what the definition of ain't was just now, but now I can't even remember. It didn't make any sense. <laughs> it was just more confusing. It made it, it just made it more confusing. Really, I'm really confused now by by that whole thing. It's just very confusing. You've uh, probably been using it all your life correctly. So I've been using it, but you just use it for carry it, on. I'm trying to think. Like if I, I'm not. It's so it's almost like maybe for me it's like a contraction of I'm and not like. I, instead of me saying I ain't doing that, I might would say I'm not doing that. I ain't doing that. I'm not doing that. So I don't know. It's a well. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever it is. It's. I gotta cover some. You know, some 
light hitting in here. Um, so, okay. So, wow. What does that make it now? Uh, that makes it six to one facelift. Holy crap. Yeah, it's not looking good for dirt. Dirt's got to have a complete sweep at this point of the rest of the album to, uh, to, to get away from this. So, and, and there's still a chance. So let's see what happens here. Um, uh, number eight, track eight is sunshine from facelift. The song that named a band, Godsmack from Dirt.
Sunshine uh, starts off with a with a nice riff that's not so dark. I would I said it's not too dark. Um, you know, am I too contagious? Full of sick desire. You know, I think his the the, the harmony there. I don't know if it's Lane harmonizing with himself there, but it's so cool. It sounds so good. Um, then this bit comes in that I've that always made me really not love this song so much. Where he says, then some dude came down to touch the mother and mother touched and dude ain't here no more. <laughs> I just always thought that yeah. was so funny sounding. <laughs> but to contrast that, the the line in the song, to me, that's the most, I know you said Jerry said um, um, love, hate, love was the masterpiece. But to me, the masterpiece part of the whole album is the part that defines Alice in Chains to the T. Like to me, this was the the most defining bit that that this was like, this is who we are. And it really went on to dirt the bit where they say sunshine, sweet love, my labor and how slow it is. And just how it just, you know, they drag the words out so long sunshine. Oh man. I mean, to me, that's the most, I know know you've talked to me about this before. Yeah. To me, you love that bit. Uh, to me, that's the signature line on the whole album. Um, I did a, um, I think you might have heard it. I, I can't remember the guy's name. I'm sorry. The, the guy named Paul. The Vintage Rock Pod. Yeah, the Vintage Rock Pod. And he had me talk about it. And that was the one thing I remember thinking was. Paul this, Stevenson. Yes. Like this is when the album, like it's a great album, no no doubt. But that line is where you really hear, to me, you know, hindsight. You know, as Dave Mustaine said, hindsight is always twenty twenty. Um, but that's when, in hindsight, you know that to me, that's their signature right there. That's their signature sound on the first album. That's the most clear it got. Even though, and that was the day when when you were on that vintage rock pod, and I heard it, and I didn't even know you were going to be on it. I was playing it because I listened Chains. Ah, nice. And I have not stopped listening to them since that day. Wow, <laughs> that's I, I, ages ago now. I do remember what you said to me after you heard it too. I remember you just said. I can't get away from you, no matter how hard no, I try. I really <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Oh, so okay. Uh, Godsmack. Um, as soon as the as soon as Godsmack started playing, dun 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 dun. Sarah was like, "Ooh, I like that." Until he came in, and I'm gonna do my best bit to try to do that. He was like, "Cannot for you know the way he was kind of like yeah. I feel like he was shaking his head back and forth doing it." But Sarah, when that came in, she was just like, okay. <laughs> and uh, so that was kind of funny to me. But um, I, I um, the weird vocal, like I was telling her, I was like, I love that weird vocal. I think it sounds really cool, you know, because it's so different. Um, you know, that chorus, don't don't you know that none are blind? Uh, that the, the, the harmony there is really cool. The chorus, what in God's name have you done? Yeah. Stick your arm. And Sarah was like, did he just say stick your arm for some real fun? I said, yeah. 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 And I was, just, and I was just like, how freaking dark is that? You know, stick your arm. But I, I can't even speak from someone that has that kind of addiction. I have my own addictions, but I can't even speak to how I got to edit myself right here. How dark, how I, I'm not going to say it because I'll forget to edit it out. Um, but how screwed up that is. Stick your arm for some real fun. God almighty, that's dark. Um, and supposedly they say 
you know, there were no vocal effects used in the studio when he did yes. that. And they said nobody saw him do it either. Like he, he was in a little cubicle. Yeah, he was in a vocal booth and it was dark in there when he did it, he said, supposedly. So, uh, yeah, really- they said that he had it built around him because he didn't want anyone to see him. Yeah. Because already he was struggling a little bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, and he decorated. Did you hear what he, he yeah. had a little shrine in there? No. He had candles, a painting of the Last Supper, um, and a dead puppy in a jar. Are you serious? A dead yeah. puppy? Yeah. Oh. I don't like, sometimes you see things preserved in jars. Sure. Oh, God, yeah. Speaking of Jeffrey Dahmer. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow, we've found more than one similarity between Allison Chains and Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> It's not good. Um, no. But, uh, yeah, all that said, I voted for Sunshine. I just can't not vote for Sunshine. I just, that line in the song, the then some dude came down to touch the mother and then, you know, mother touched and dude ain't here no more. But it goes from, you know, it's like, I think he, I think he says, suck it one more time is how he says it. And then it goes, it goes back into that really cool riff again. And then the verses. That is a God. I just love that song so much. I used to not like it as much because of that mother touched and dude ain't here no more. But man, I just can't get past the, the everything that surrounds that. It's like me eating a sandwich and finding a tomato on it. I don't like tomatoes, but I'll get rid of the tomato and I'm, it's cool. I can still love it. So um, yeah, I sunshine for me. So what about you, Kirsty? Oh, sunshine. You know that's um, that's about his mother. Really. Yeah, and and the dude is his, presumably his dad, because his dad wasn't around when he was growing up. But then he makes up for it later on on the next album, and writes Rooster for his dad. Oh, oh, so Jerry wrote that. Okay, okay. Yes. Okay, yeah. okay. Go ahead. Okay, cool. Yeah, so, I never heard that. That's interesting. Yeah, so it's sunshine. This song goes in so many directions. Um, the instruments are they're pretty upbeat at the beginning, but the vocals not so much. Yeah. Um, that pre-chorus with the dude bit. Yeah. That's actually really funky, though. It is. It is. It's a little bit clunky. Yeah. Um, it and is. The song it goes right down, and it just really allows you to stop and appreciate that beautiful chorus. Oh, man. I know. And uh, Yeah, as I say, I, I know it's highlights for you as well. He's at his peak here. Yeah. Um, this solo is bluesy, melodic, and sounds composed. Uh, it reminded me of an Adrian solo. His solos are very much, yeah, that's a good call. Cause I think his solos are very well written, like Adrian's. Good call. Um, and I, I really like the way the guitar plays over that final chorus as well. It's such a gorgeous song. Oh, and Godsmack, uh, the lethal dose of heroin. So another song about heroin. Is that what that means? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. It's um, It's got an almost punky opening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Lane's weird voice. Um, it, it took me, took a while for that to grow on me because of this. Mm-hmm. It was, but I'm, I'm okay about that now. And um, <laughs> the chorus, the chorus is really poppy compared with the rest of the song. Mm-hmm. And the drums and guitars on that chorus are really funky. So, yeah, yeah, they're so it's a lot. Just, yeah, really contrasty. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I do really like the song now, but because it took me a, a while to grow on me because of the sheep voice, mm-hmm. <laughs> because I really like sunshine. Yeah. I'm both for sunshine. 
You know what's funny too is sunshine is you think of sunshine as this happy thing. And the way they mm. sing it, sunshine. <laughs> it's like the exact opposite of what the word, the connotation of the word. <laughs> I find the um, pronunciation of the word labor. 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 I know. I know. But it really fits the song. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. When my wife was in labor um, <laughs> with my son. <laughs> um, and if anyone was questioning this, this was a slam dunk because Sarah gave it. Sarah voted Sunshine as well. And when yeah, I played it, when, when the song was playing, this was really cool to me too. It wasn't up to that part yet. And she goes, is this the one that goes sunshine? And I was like, <laughs> that's my girl. That's my girl. Yeah. I said, yeah, that's it. So, so Sarah liked it too. I'm glad to know that. So God almighty seven to one. So we already have our winner. We already have our winner. Should we stop now or should we finish? No, I think we should finish. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's finish here. Um, uh, track number nine, Kirsty, uh, from Facelift, we have Put You Down.
about you on this one? Ah, put you down. A welcome bit of light relief. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More of a straight ahead bluesy hard rock song. Almost a little bit Walk This Way by Aerosmith. Yeah. Yeah. And it cool. has a really nice pre-chorus. It's got some really interesting chords. Uh, pretty funky riff under the almost cheerful chorus. Mm-hmm. If you don't like grunge, give this one a go. Yeah. And uh, this is another song that ends abruptly. I yeah. like when they do that. They don't. It does waste end too abruptly, much time, right. do they? Yeah. <laughs> um, hate to feel. Lane state he wrote this all by himself. Mm-hmm. Music and the lyrics. Um, it's got an epic intro. It reminds me a bit of Dazed and Confused by Led Zeppelin. Sure. It's another song that sounds very disturbing with lots of abrupt changes. Yeah. So the verses are intense and aggressive. The chorus is melodic, but that gets quite intense when he sings, Wish I Couldn't Feel At All. Yeah. This is one of the heaviest songs, and it's got an amazing solo, and the ending's quite metal. I Personally, I'm going with Put You Down. Oh, my God, really? <laughs> wow, after all that, I thought for sure you were going the other way. I know. I did struggle on this one. Yeah, this is another one that I did last night, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, this so. one of the last to pick. So you're right, because Put You Down is definitely different from everything at this point on the album. It's that quicker riff that's more just a regular rock and roll type of riff. I, you keep saying blues. I just don't think about blues. I just think rock, so. um but you know when it when it when it plays and then it, it the song when the when the ugh, when the verses are going to start, it's da 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 da, hot break. It kicks back in. I think that's really cool. You know the way they sound there. Mm. Um, the pre-chorus, I guess, is the reduction is addictive to personality overview and the chorus. Man, that chorus is so awesome. I can't see what the cost will be. You know, I don't need you. I don't need you. God, that that's got to be about drugs. I just can't put you down. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even think about it. Could I re- be about drugs. Yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a really there's about a ninety percent chance it's probably got something to do with drugs, if it's them, at this point. Um, but I, yeah, I like it. I think it's quick. I love the way they end their songs fast. I like when a band ends a song quickly in concert. You know, like Iron Maiden doesn't end their songs quickly. They drag out Wasp, who I just saw in concert a week and a half or two weeks ago. They do not end their songs quickly. If you listen to Live in the Raw, let me just say this. The song Sleeping in the Fire has this big, long, long ending. And then they do another thing and do another big, big, like there's two really long endings before it finally does the third ending, which is a short ending. I'm just like, dude, y'all could have resung the chorus a third time, which is what I was waiting for. Yeah. But I I, I, like, I love it when a band just ends a song like, dun, 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 dun. And it's over. You know, you don't have all that, you know, where the ending of the song is like uh, the intro to um, uh, El Dorado. El Dorado. Yeah. You know, like literally on, 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 uh, you know, to go to that for a second, the final frontier ends and El Dorado begins. I didn't even realize it was, I thought it was the ending yeah, still. The final frontier ending twice. Yeah. Yeah. And then I realized, oh wait, they're starting the song like that. That's really odd. That's the weirdest beginning of a song I think Iron Maiden's ever had. So And uh, I could do without that, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it's not needed. It's not needed. But it's fine. I love El Dorado, by the way. But uh, yeah, but as far as that intro, it's really odd. I don't need the ending of Final Frontier to be so... I, I just I hate when bands do that because it's like, 
Maybe they do it to give their vocalist a rest. You know, an extra. I don't mind sometimes. I like I like at the end of Power Slave when it goes on. Yeah, but I get. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, but when it's just let's, a long. Let's remember that we're doing. Bah, and, the, and the guy's hitting the cymbals and he's hitting the double bass. Da, 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 and the guitars are just it's just nothing for mm-hmm. the sake of. I'm just like okay, just end the song and start something else. So okay, anyway. Uh, did you already voted? You said put you down. Okay, I I talked about put you down. Hate to feel. Um, it starts with a slow riff, the dual vocals. That you know what's gone wrong. That just long drawn out. You, you know, just that. I hate to use the word grunge, but it's the epitome of it. You know, the slow sludgy, and they and and I will say this. In my opinion, nobody did it better than Allison Chains. Um. But you know the the chorus. You know it starts with that. What the f will it take? You know the the the, the chorus is pretty weird, but it gets but it builds. You know what the f will it take? You know, and it just you know then it's like it just keeps getting bigger. Plastic man to, to paper plate, dun dun candy hot. It gets louder and louder, and then it goes into the that's almost the pre-chorus, I guess, because there's that stare at me with empty eyes and point your words at me and all that. Maybe that's it's a lot of there's a lot. Yeah, of, I guess so. It's it's um. It's a lot of pre. It's two pre choruses. Sort of an oddly written song. Yeah, it is. It is. I guess. I guess when a heroin addict writes it, <laughs> it might be. <laughs> but um, it's a really cool song, you know. Um, uh, you know, like you said, um, I wish I couldn't see it all. I wish I couldn't feel it all. But during that part, wish I couldn't see it all. Hate to feel wish I could. To me, it's mm. it's, it's a little too busy. Is what I wrote. Uh, I love the song, but that one little bit just feels a little bit too busy for me. And not to pile on here, but I voted for Put You Down. And um, in a contrast, though, Sarah gave uh, Dirt a little love and she voted Hate to Feel. Oh. So um, I liked I liked when she voted different than That's I good. did. That's good. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Because she didn't know what I voted for either before I I didn't I was trying not to let her see I was like I don't want you to see what I vote for yeah want, but you could have copied her at the end of the day that's what she said I kept doing because every time she would vote mm-hmm. I kept voting you'd be like could, oh yeah maybe I'll change I didn't change anything but after like there was a couple where I there was multiple ones where I hadn't voted probably about four or five where I hadn't voted and then I'd go mm-hmm. she'd go well I'm, I'd be like I don't know she'd go what are you gonna pick I say ah, I don't know what are you gonna pick she'd go oh, I'm picking that one what are you gonna pick. Yeah, I think I'm going to pick that one too. She goes, okay, go ahead. Be, why don't you be original? <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> okay, so we are at track number 10 now. Track number 10. And oh my gosh, Kirsty, it is uh, what, five, six, seven, eight to one right now? Oh my God. Would you have expected this? No, not, not to this extent. Me either. Not. And we love dirt. <laughs> oh, yes, we do. <laughs> I mean, it's this is a... Uh, I didn't expect it to go this far, but we still have three more songs. So let's see how this goes. Um, track 10 from Facelift is Confusion, um, which is the last chorus from <laughs> Dirt was Confusion too. <laughs>
and Angry Chair from Dirt. So confusion, very slowed down arpeggiated rift, you know, you know, and he says, he's singing, there's no time to give it all, but it takes him like 30 seconds just to say those five or six words. Mm. And it sounds incredible. Oh my God. I love his voice so much. Um, The chorus, the love, sex, pain, confusion, suffering. It's really, really badass sounding. Um, I didn't write much more than that down. I really, really like that in this song. Um, and I was writing my notes before we talked today and I was really writing as fast as I could. Um, angry chair is another song. I believe that Lane wrote by himself, everything. Um, you'll probably, uh, yes, that's true. Okay. Okay. I knew there was a couple that he did like that. Um, it's got a very dark, ominous guitar, uh, the dual vocals, you know, where they're singing together, sitting on an angry chair, um, Mm. And then, you know, that, what do I see cross the way, see myself molded in clay stairs, you know, but then when they get to that, I don't, it's like a really upbeat, I don't mind. Yeah. It's, it's very, but the, their harmonies are just incredible there. I just, I really, really love this song. I really, really love confusion as well. I'm, as you know, yes. I'm pretty confused all the damn time anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that could be a theme song for me. Um, but I went with angry chair on this one. So, um, what did you sure. go? What about you, Kirsty? Talking about um, writing credits, Mike Starr has got a writing credit on Confusion. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. I don't think he wrote it, but um, it's got a really gentle start, 
that's singing over the arpeggios. Uh, I love the guitar tone. Mm-hmm. The vocal melody, the intervals on it are really interesting. Yeah. And then when Lane sings on skin, easy crawl, he almost screams crawl. And oh. it gets going. That's um, so a horrible good. subject, by the way. Yeah. It sounds so good. Um, mm. And then after the word crawl, it really picks up and there's um, alternating fast and slow sections. And that yeah. one note chorus is pretty cool. Uh, it's got another good solo. Yeah. Love this song. Oh, yeah. Then we've got Angry Chair. Probably about um, a man who's angry about falling back into addiction after getting sober. Sure. I think the angry chair might be a therapy chair. Interesting. Lane plays this really memorable, bendy, bassy riff. And I love that first crashing chord. Uh, The verses, when they're singing the verses in their parallel harmonies that they're so famous for, sounds a bit like a drone and there's lots of stopping and starting. Drums are awesome on this. Yeah. Beautiful melodic chorus, blistering solo, fades out. Fantastic song. I'm voting Angry Chair. Angry Chair. And if anyone was wondering, Sarah made it a slam dunk as well. She voted Angry Chair as well. So Angry Chair wins this one. Angry Chair puts Dirt back on the board. It's a little late in the game, but, um, you know, Dirt will take it, right? So next song we got. We got two left. We got, yeah. I, know, I know something about you or, or about you, I know. not about. Just so, I know something, isn't it? Well, I think it says something and then in parentheses, it's about you. Oh, uh, okay. I think so. I know something about you first uh, from Facelift.
sure. I know something is funk mixed with hard rock. So mm-hmm. groovy. Uh, it's got an epic bass line. It does. But it's another song. It's not grungy. Um, the way the two voices are dueling on the chorus is really cool. Yeah. Another one with a really excellent solo. And just, it's a great song. But, you know, it's against Down in a Hole, which is <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. a gorgeous, emotional song. Mm-hmm. Um, the intro is just, it's just beautiful. It's such a well-written song. The harmonies on this, they're more conventional. They're not like the typical Alice in Chains yeah. harmonies. They're, they're more pleasing, um, especially on the line, I'd like to fly. Yeah. And there's really nice use of acoustic guitar on here. So when the electric comes in, it it's really lifts the song. Yeah. Um, I've seen this dis- described as a power ballad. This song's too good for that description. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Power ballad seems um, like they're going for something and this is not going yeah. for something. I'm definitely voting for Dan in a hole. Understandable. Understandable. Um, for me, um, I know something about you. I was like, this is the, there's two songs on this album that have happy riffs that sound happy. And this is the other one. Mm. Uh, it's a happy sounding riff, which as I said, is a rarity on an Allison chains album. Um, but it's very catchy. The, the, the verses are, are, are good. And I like the chorus even more, you know, it's, the, it's just a really upbeat, you know, I can see dancing going on to that chorus, you know, um, mm. on your face in my space. I tell you, I know something about you. Um, it's a cool chorus. Very cool. Um, the solo section is different. You know, it kind of changes the beat a little bit and it's, but it's really cool. Uh, and then the lower, the layered, uh, the layered vocals are really cool too. So, but again, as you said, <laughs> It's against down in a hole. And I mean, like, what can you say? The song, it's got that soft, just beautiful beginning at the start. Um, you know, Lane and Jerry singing together sound amazing. It's, it's very dark and pretty at the same time. Um, and then when, ve- and when, uh, when Lane kicks in on the verses, you know, with the down in a hole and I don't know if I can be saved. I love, love. That was what I wanted to say earlier when we talked a little bit, see my heart. I decorate it like a grave. Like what a powerful line that is, man. It's very, it's just so poetic. I don't even know what it means, but it's just poetic, you know? Jerry Cantrell said it was about a girl. Yeah. I don't like to think that. It could be about a lot of things. Yeah. 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 I've, um, what's he says? Uh, you don't understand. Uh, they don't understand who they thought. I was like, you don't understand who they thought I was supposed to be. Look at me now. I'm a man who won't let himself be. Um, and then that, like you said, that chorus uh, down in the hole, feeling so small, you know, I'd like to fly, but my wings have been so denied. The song is just at the ending of the song, you know, bury me softly in this room. Oh, I want, I mean, just that back and forth that goes on right there. Amazing. Amazing. I don't think I have to tell you what I'm voting for here, but I will say this last night I was trying to get Sarah to do this with me, but she needed to go take a shower. And she goes, well, get mom to do it. And I'm like, you know, everyone heard my wife on the episode. You think my wife's going to be listening to songs that have lyrics like, I want you to kill me? <laughs> no way. There's no way she would listen to that. You know, I want to peel the skin from your face. I don't think my wife's listening to that very long. But I played this for her. And and it was like, as soon as I played it, you know, that, um, uh, that intro, my whole my whole demeanor changed 
Like I went from just kind of sitting there, um, you know, to this. And I, just, I close my eyes and it's like I'm in another world. And then listen to that little, that little who thing. That's awesome. And then those dual line, that dual thing. Holy crap, that is awesome. And so I'm like, so my wife looks at me and she's like, almost like she's annoyed. She's like, oh my God, you, you just act like you love that. Like not just like it a lot, like just adore it, you know? And I'm like, I do, <laughs> I do. Yeah. I'm like, I can't describe what it does for me when that plays, when, when anything that I love like that, where it just plays, you know, and you just really get lost in it. And, and she says like you, and I just said, I won't say the word she used, but I'll say the word that I used in place of it to describe it. I said it, it's almost like the best word I could come up with is, is it's a little crude. It's like an eargasm. If you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it's so pleasing to me and it just, it over, it's overwhelmingly satisfying to hear. I don't even know how to describe it. You know what I mean? It's impossible to really describe how music can make. I know what you mean. Yeah. And, and, and some of us feel that way. My wife doesn't, she, music doesn't do that to her like it does to me. And like, it obviously does to you, like it does to my daughter. Cause I was having this same conversation a little bit with my daughter. Last night I didn't use the word eargasm, <laughs> but um, <clears throat> but when I was talking about it, and she just goes, I I, I know exactly what you mean, and, but I just was like, it, it was like I literally, it was like I was almost in a trans, uh, like a trance like state of where it took me just as soon as it started, and Lane's voice comes in, Ooh, and I'm just like, oh my god, just like it, it, it's amazing. I, I want to try to describe it, but and I'm trying, but God, you can't describe it. It's incredible, just in, completely incredible. So, um, yeah, down in a hole, the whole dirt should win just because of down in a hole. To be honest with you, you know. Fair enough. I want to go and listen to it right now. I know, me too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Sarah voted down in a hole as well because she was just like, "Oh wow, this is really good, really good." So, um, last song, holy crap, amazing, so amazing. Um, yeah, I know. I think I know what I'll be listening to this week. Um, so the last song from, um, uh, facelift is real thing.
which was originally on the single's soundtrack before Dirt came out. So it was it was a you know kind of a well known song by them. They obviously played it on their first tour that I saw at you know yeah. in, in 91, no, 80, no, 90. It was ninety, I believe. Wow. So, yeah, I believe it was ninety. I, I, I think I posted the dates um, on Twitter, and I think I have. So it was. No, you know what? It was ninety one. It was May sixteenth, nineteen ninety one. Let me read the set list real quick since I have them now. Um, the, so this is the opening for Slayer, Anthrax, and Megadeth. The set list was only five songs, but it opened. They opened with Wood, which is pretty cool. Then they played they played this song we're about to talk about, Real Thing. Then they played Put You Down. What a set list this is. Then they played We Die Young and Man in the Box. Interesting, that the choice. They didn't play like Sunshine. Well, I, I would absolutely love that. Me too. So the second, <laughs> the second time I saw them was August... No, no. Was October fifth, ninety two. So I saw them basically in three years in a row. This is when they were opening for Ozzy, and they opened. Listen to what they opened with. If this is a little telling, they opened with "We Die Young," followed by "Them Bones." Then talk about a one-two there. Then they played "Wood." Then they played "Down in a Hole." And Kirsty, listen to this. I was there the first time they ever played "Down in a Hole" live. Apparently. Because it says live debut. Cool. Very cool. Then they played one of my absolute favorites from SAP. They played Brother, which is, God, that's cool. Yes. I know. Then they played Rooster, which is, you know, I could do without kind of in a way, but 
I'm sure it was cool back then because it wasn't completely worn out. Um, then they played Angry Chair and they closed with Man in the Box. Very, very good set list. Holy mm. crap. Um, the last time I saw them was on Lollapalooza and they were the headline act. Um, they played 14 songs. This was August 1st, 1993 in Dallas. Um, I guess they opened, the opening was that Iron Gland, which we omitted from Dirt. They opened, listen to this opening, Damn That River. Then they went into We Die Young. Then they went into Them Bones. And then they played Wood. So Wood was a very popular pick for them to play early as it set. Um, actually, both. it's funny that both of the songs we're going to talk about were both played live when I saw them. Cool. Um, then they played Kirsty. Are you ready for this one? I know yes. you've seen it, but they played Love, Hate, Love. Mm-hmm. I would love to have a live recording of the set that I saw. Um, then they played Junk Head. You know, I had to, uh, in the little editing I did, I had to edit out the very beginning of that song, you know? <laughs> you yes. know, where he says, Junk! <laughs> uh, <laughs> then they played Godsmack. Then they played Bleed the Freak. Then they played Put You Down, Sick Man, It Ain't Like That, Hate to Feel, Angry Chair, and Man in the Box. It really irritates me that they didn't play Sunshine any of those times. Man, that's disappointing. But I have seen, I think they played Sunshine when I saw them with William Duvall, though. Maybe, I don't know. Anyway, that's those are the three sets I saw with uh, Lane Staley, So if they're correct. Uh, correct dates, I'm not sure if those are the exact correct sets. But anyway, real thing. Um, Real thing versus wood. Uh, real th- real thing has a nice dark arpeggiated riff to start out. I mess around some little boy. I grew up and made the blade my new toy. Um, and, you know, then another hit with a few notches on my belt. Lane sounds awesome in the chorus. You know, mm. um, going on a trip on a with a, on, going down a trip on a white line straight to nowhere. I guess kind of tells you where he was. Um, I like the line where he says. They said, son, you're going to be a new man. He's coming out of rehab. I said, thank you very much. And can I borrow 50 bucks? (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, he was basically going to go right back out and do the same thing, which is kind of depressing knowing how he ended. Mm. Um, Wood, you got the wicked bass line. Jerry sings. This is, you know, this is the one song on the album that kind of foreshadowed the next album in a way because uh, Jerry sang a lot of lead vocals on the sec on the, on the follow-up to this album, the, uh, the self-titled one, but Jerry sings first and he's got that softer, but perfect sound. And it's really cool because then you can really tell how their voices work together. Hearing him sing by himself a little bit, um, you know, that know me broken by my, and then when Lane comes in by my master, Oh, that's incredible. It's magical. Um, but then the chorus into the flood again, Lane, just his voice is so powerful there. Um, but man, this song is quick. It gets everything across that it needs to. It's got a really, really cool solo where he's doing that. His, like, you made a great point about his solos. His solos are very well written and performed, just like just like Adrian's. So, uh, yeah. So for me, uh, I picked Wood. I, I I like Real Thing. It's a cool song, but you're not beating Wood either. So, what about sure. you? Well, the Real Thing absolutely rocks and. It's very good here, but absolutely goes off on live at the mall. This is one of my favourites on this album. And they they were just still having fun. It's so much more serious. Sure. It's just a really great, fun, heavy rock song with lots of energy. 
and it's a great end to what's a quite diverse rock album. Mm-hmm. Um, much as I love the other stuff, they get really set into the grunge song from now on. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw this performed live by the cover band. Okay. And that was uh, the whole crowd were dancing. The singer came, he got into the crowd, and yeah, it was just like a big party was happening. Um, so yeah, it's a really good song. Question. Um, Yes. Did you tell me that that band you saw played the entire album or did they play all of Dirt? Um, I saw them play all of Facelift last year. Ooh. They played all of Dirt this year, which I wasn't able to get to. Um, so mm, I just saw them play okay. as part of the Grunge Fest. Ah, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah. sorry. Go ahead. And So they played the real thing and they played Wood. Cool. Which, of course, the crowd loved and were happy singing along to. Um. What a sing-along that is, too. Especially when you get to the chorus. Mm-hmm. It's anthemic, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> yes. Uh, it's like I said, it's the first Alice in Chains song I was aware of hearing. Yeah. Um, still one of my favorites, even now. Uh, epic bass opening, dark, moody riff, and then a quiet verse that absolutely explodes into the chorus. Yeah. I really like that reverse reverb when after the, as the chorus starts up again, uh-huh. after the instrumental. Yeah. Sort of wishes back in. Yeah. Just two brilliant songs to end two brilliant albums. Yeah. I'm going for wood. You're going for wood. Um, I went for wood. You went for wood. Sarah went for wood. So that gives. So. Um, so that means that. Dirt finished pretty strong. It was facelift eight dirt one. Uh, so. Angry Chair one, so that's dirt two. Down in a hole one, dirt three. Wood one, dirt four. So dirt closed out the album very strong. Eight to four was our final vote, but we love both of these albums. Let me ask you this. If you had to pick one of these albums to just... Let's just, well, let's, let's pretend Desert Island, you can only take one album by every band. And these are the only two albums you have a choice of by Alice in Chains. Which one of these are you picking? Oh, it's <laughs> really not fair, is it? It's Look, not. I, I probably would, I would have, like, before I really started to think about this, I probably would have just said Dirt without thinking. Mm-hmm. Because the singles from Dirt I like better. But I think probably. Overall, like maybe I like Facelift better now. Yeah, that's when I, I asked before I asked you, I had to think about it myself before I said it because I was like, I got to answer it too if I ask it. So, yeah, I feel the same way. I think I would have went with uh, Facelift and, um, and I love, like I said, I love both of these albums, but, um, you know, either way, um, two fantastic albums. Hopefully, somebody listens to this and they like it. They like the music. Maybe they've never heard Alice in Chains. I don't know how that would be, how someone would have never heard Facelift for 35 years or whatever. But um, I know there's some people out there. <laughs> I know one. <laughs> but uh, hopefully someone will hear this and, you know, want to go out and, and start listening to Alice in Chains, you know, like maybe even my daughter. My daughter enjoyed Alice in Chains. She does like Rainier yep. Fog. Um, she, I like okay. it. Do what? 
as in, and definitely the EPs are worth checking out. As yes. well as the albums. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm glad my daughter, it's, it's cool to me that my daughter has gotten into Alice in Chains a little bit with William Duvall and without Lane. So like when she hears Lane, she's like, oh, that's the other guy. Like she doesn't know him well enough to really, you know, she's still young, but very cool. Very cool overall. I hope, and, and something I never say on my podcast, but that I should always be said is if you like the music you hear, go out and buy the music from the bands, find a way to support the bands because we want these guys to be able to do this forever and give them a reason to know that they can, that there's people out there buying their stuff and, and supporting them and that they make money and can live and make a living doing it continually Cause I don't want to not, I don't want it to happen where I hear Allison change just isn't ever going to tour again, you know? And if people don't support, I mean, and we should support the bands. They deserve it. That's their art. So, but that said, um, I think that closes us out. Kirsty. I think, uh, eight to four was our final total, but these albums are both winners for yes. me. And, um, I know they are for Absolutely. you. Absolutely, I'd hate to go into that desert Island and not be able to take all of it. I know. I know. Hopefully that never happens. And anyway, there probably wouldn't be any electricity there anyway, so we screwed. <laughs> but um, but I'll say all that said, I guess we can close out here. I'll say on behalf of myself, on behalf of uh, Kirsty, on behalf of uh, in memory of Lane Staley, uh, very thankful for the rest of the guy. Oh, and Mike Starr as well. He's he's passed. Mike Starr. Yeah. Um, uh, Mike Inez, his replacement. Sean Kinney and Jerry Cantrell, who've always been there. William Duvall, who just got a mention on here. So thankful that that uh, Lane, uh, Jerry found him. Um, on behalf of all of them, on behalf of Alice and Chains in general. Um, 
So we're going to get right into this because as I told you, I had a, a work week this week where I was driving. I drove about 3000 miles, you know, and which, which is about 50, it was equivalent of a 50 hours of driving and 50 hours of driving overnight and not really talking on the phone for, you know, most of that. You have tons of time to listen to music and podcasts. So Consequently, my list of what I listened to this week is just incredibly long, podcasts and uh, music. So we'll get into the music first, though. So I don't know how to ask you this question, because if Matt was here, I know how I would ask the question. But what did you listen to this week, Kirsty? How about that? <laughs> well, I listened to a lot of grunge. Okay. Well, which is good, isn't it? Because, absolutely. Um, <laughs> that's what we're talking about today. And... I listened to some live music last week. I went out on Saturday last week to a gig called Grunge Fest mm-hmm. at my favorite venue, Badlands in Perth. And I saw seven bands. Seven? Um, seven cover bands. Yes, there was one an hour. So the first one was 5.30 and the last one started at 11.30. So who, so who were all these bands? There was Silverchair. Okay. Which I didn't know Silverchair until I moved to Australia, but. Okay. I've noticed people in America do. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep, so I really like Silverchair. They were very good. Yeah. Um, Alice in Chains. Oh, yeah. Which was my reason for wanting to go. Um, Smashing Pumpkins. Okay. Stone Temple Pilots. And you said you weren't very familiar with them too, right? I wasn't. I know a couple of their songs. Mm, okay. Just the ones that have been on the radio, really. Sure. I've re- never really thought to listen to a whole album. Um. Soundgarden, your favorite. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And Pearl Jam and Nirvana were last. Wow, that's a lot of. I mean, even I don't like Soundgarden. You know, I need to give Soundgarden a chance, though, because I like Richie Cotton. Obviously, Chris Cornell wasn't there, so. Well, yeah, but every band you saw, really good. Like STP, you know, as they're referred to over here sometimes. I I got to see them early on, too. So, like, I saw their first tour. I saw their uh, second. I think I saw their first three album tours. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. What else? So you listened to the, you saw the grunge fest of those grunge bands that you saw. What albums did you listen to of them in the week? Um, only Alice in Chains because I've I've just been really addicted to them for the past couple of months. Really. Um. Obviously, I listened to Facelift and Dirt more than once this week. Yeah. But even when I went to take a break from them, um, nothing else would cut it. So I ended up listening to. Their unplugged album. Okay. And Sap. Oh, Sap and is good. Jar of Flies. And Alice in Chains. And a bit of Rainier Fog. Ooh. <laughs> Rainier Fog. Carried away. Rainier Fog is so good too. Yeah. So eventually I managed to tear myself away and listen to something else. Mm-hmm. Um, it was quite similar. <laughs> it was Mother Love Bone. Okay. Self-titled which is a mix of Apple and their EP called Shine. Okay. And that's basically what Pearl Jam and they had Andrew Wood, which nobody would know yeah. of other than he was in that band, right? Yeah. So that was um, when he died. Yeah. The other members went on to be in Pearl Jam. Right. Right. Okay. Um, and they're thought of as a grunge band because they've come out of that scene, but they're they're more heavy blues rock than grunge, really. Okay. So I really enjoyed that, and I did eventually move away from grunge because <laughs> there was a bit of chat. So I guess you could say the internet told me. 
<laughs> Matt would <laughs> be proud. Chat on Twitter about yeah. the final frontier. So I yeah. played that. Of course, I enjoyed every single song on it. Yes, indeed. And that's it for albums this week. Oh, wow. So, okay. I hope you have a stiff drink and a seat because you're going to need it for all this. This is a lot. I had a stiff drink today, yes. Very good. I might uh, nod off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go. I, I'm just going to kind of randomly go through here. Um, okay. So, like I said, a lot of driving. So, I was play, I was just trying to pick random things at, to a certain degree, things that I haven't heard in a while. And some things you'll know why I was listening to them. Um one was a band called Galactic Cowboys. I listened to their album yep. called The Horse That Bud Bought. And, you know, if anyone heard, uh, I think it was the Pantera episode is where I had the excerpt from Monty Colvin about, uh, uh, was it Mike Kinney, the former bass tech for Steve Harris that got in touch with him and, you know, showed Adrian some of his work. Uh, I listened to that album. I listened to... Uh, you said Iron Maiden, The Final Frontier. I also listened to The Final Frontier this week. And man, the more I just, the whole album just played. And I just kept thinking, God, this album is just phenomenal. Such a great album. And it's going to be your favorite album one day. It could be, you know, and, and it made me think, I don't, I don't think I've listened to much Iron Maiden this whole year. And at the end of the year, I usually do an episode where I kind of write like, like list what I've listened to and you know, the top 10 albums or the top 10 bands or however I do it. I do a lot of different ways. And I thought, man, where's this is going to be maybe a little embarrassing, you know, this year, uh, as far as Iron Maiden goes. Uh, also listened to Facelift and Dirt by Allison Chains, like you did. I listened to uh, some Smith Cotton this week. Uh, I listened to the self-titled album. I listened to another album that I will call Live in Las Vegas which is basically my full concert recording when I saw them in Las Vegas. So, um, but I was really enjoying that album too. when I listened to it, uh, man, uh, what's the first song taking my chances, right? Yes, man. When that song started, when I just started listening to the album, I just had goosebumps the whole song. Cause it just, it, cause you, you heard the live recording and I mean, it literally opens exactly the same way that brown and, and it kicks in so quick. And I just, I just had goosebumps the whole song when I was listening to it. Uh, another Iron Maiden tie-in. I listened to Lionheart, uh, which is a band that Dennis Stratton is in. Uh, I listened to an album called Second Nature, which is one I haven't really heard much of. And then I listened to their newest album, which is called The Reality of Miracles. And it's I was trying to figure out what I would classify that as, but it was it's almost eighties, um, sweet eighties kind of rock. And I and there's a lot of harmonies, as you would guess, because you know Dennis Stratton is a harmony vocal kind of guy. I really, really like that album, and it's not something I would normally listen to, but I like a lot of the songs on that album, and I like the harmonies, and you know, and there's a couple of you know good rockers on it. It's a really, really good album. Um, another band I listened to, Lillian Axe, a band I've talked about plenty of times, but I listened to four albums by them. I listened to uh, Love and War which was the first album I ever had by them. Uh, their next album, Poetic Justice, the album that followed that, Psycho Schizophrenia. And the reason I listened to this, maybe maybe this is me being influenced by the internet a little bit, so maybe Matt will have a little bit of a, a fist raised in the air whenever I say this. I listened to, uh, which I'll be talking about later, a podcast that interviewed the guitar player, 
uh, Stevie Blaze, Steve Blaze, and he was talking about their new album that came out uh, in the last year, and or maybe the last two years, and it's called From Really Cool Name From Womb to Tomb. Oh, and that's a really cool that's name. Pretty cool. But he talked. He talked about the album being there, and his words were our magnum opus. And you know, anytime I hear somebody talk about, you know, no band is going to come out and go, "Yeah, our new album. Eh, it's about the fourth best album we've ever done." You know, no one's ever going to say mm-hmm. that. So, but hearing him go on and talk about it and the songs and everything, and they're a band that I really, really love. Their lead singer, their original lead singer, whose name is Ron Taylor. I've never heard anything with another singer that I really cared for. Cause I'm just like, I love his voice so much. He's got just a fantastic voice, but I was like, you know what? He's going on about it. He seems like a really cool dude, you know? And he also said he's in a maiden cover band. <laughs> so gave me a little bit of an idea that I will uh, talk to you later about. Um, and I, so I, I got on uh, YouTube and turned the album on cause I don't have it on my phone. And it was, there's a lot, you know, you hear, you know, the, the sound of a band the guitar player is a big part of any band sound. And so, man, I was just really like kind of flashback into a lot of the sounds that he produces and styles. Cause he's like the main songwriter. And I thought it was a really, really good album. I need more listens on it because again, trying to get used to a different singer, but I didn't hate it. And I, there was a lot, there's a lot of the stuff I really liked. So, but that's the first time I've really sat and let's do a full new album with a new singer with them. Usually I can't get through a whole album. So, and for obvious reasons, uh, I also listened to some wasp this week uh, as you know, I haven't done it yet. I want to do an episode sure. about, about the show I went to and talk about it. Um, but I listened to uh, inside, I was driving around and I think uh, I can't remember which song popped into my head, maybe restless gypsy or one of the, one of the uh, deep cuts on it just popped in my head and I was singing it. And I just thought, man, I want to listen to inside the electric circus right now, which is not my favorite album by them. It's, it's got a lot of great stuff, but it's got, it's got a lot, kind of a lot of filler, you know, as uh, Bruno reminded us, our good buddy, Bruno. Oh, happy birthday, Bruno. Happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As, uh, as my good buddy, Bruno reminded us whenever he was on with me that, at the same time, Wasp was recording a tired album by a tired band. Apparently, I don't think our... we need to be getting into this again. Yeah, that's right. Okay, but you <laughs> know what makes I mean. Me sad because they were managed by the same band too. It makes you wonder if if Rod Smallwood was just overworking his uh, his uh, talent. You know. <laughs> well, he definitely was. But yeah, yeah. So know, anyway, most we... people love somewhere in time. So not everybody. That it was Most fun. People. I made a I made a I made a post for Bruno's birthday, and I posted two albums that he just hates <laughs> on it. Yeah, Hot in the Shade and Somewhere in Time. <laughs> yes, I did see that. I was hoping I'd get more of a comment. He didn't buy. It. Yeah, He's he didn't. Busy having a good time. Yeah, he is. He is. So. Um, but yeah, I listened to Inside the Electric Cir- Circus, which to me, man, there's some fantastic songs on that album. Um, uh, it's got it's got um, I don't need no doctor which is a cover song. It's got a uh, restless gypsy, which is a deep cut that you don't, I don't really hear a lot of people talk about, but man, I've loved that song ever since I ever heard it. Um, what else does it have on it here? It's got a uh, inside the electric circus, the title track, which they played when I saw them live. Um, it's got a song called I'm alive, which is really good. Easy living is really good. Um, 
So that's a good album. There's just, and then there's some other songs that I don't like quite as much. And then I also, I followed that up because I love Wasp Live. Their live, their two live albums that I have are fantastic. Uh, so I listen to Live in the Raw because there's two songs on there that they only appear on that album. Um, you probably never heard them. Um, but one probably of them. Probably not. And I think the idea of the song is pretty easy. One's called The Manimal, who is supposedly, this is the son of Animal, he says. This is The Manimal. Um, and then, uh, which I think people were expecting Animal at that point, because you can hear the audience kind of, the, vo- the the crowd kind of, oh. the sound kind of, he goes, this is The Manimal, and the audience is like, ah! <laughs> and then there's one. <laughs> and then they're like, oh. Yeah. But it's, oh, I love that song though. And, and then there's another one that I don't, don't probably think needs any description. It's called that he dedicates to the PMRC and it's called Harder Faster. <laughs> but those two songs are just, oh, they're so awesome. Like I was thinking, if I could have chosen some songs to hear that they didn't play live, I would have loved to hear one of those live because the, they were only appeared on that album. They've never appeared anywhere else. And I don't know. I've looked up the tour dates to see if they were playing it elsewhere on the tour. Because on that show, he goes, "Here's the this is a song we've never, ever done anywhere before. But I'm pretty sure if you go look at the tour dates, he had played it somewhere else before. But uh, <laughs> another album. Sometimes fans don't know as much as their fans, do they? Yeah. And, you know, back in 1987, when that album came out, there wasn't a such thing as setlist.fm to look all that mm-hmm. stuff up. Um, another band I saw or a band I saw, well, I've seen this artist before, I guess, kind of, uh, another album I listened to Richie Kotzen's inside the black or is it inside the black? Is that what it's called? Now I can't remember the name into of it. into the black is what I think it's called. Yeah. But I, I wrote down inside the black into the black. Okay. I wrote it down wrong. Yeah. And I, there's some really good stuff on that album. It's a, that's the only Richie Kotzen album I've ever really listened to much, uh, other than obviously Smith Kotzen and winery dogs and stuff. But, um, I like that album a lot. I, I, I've heard his albums all have different flavors. And so I'm really wanting to dig more into him because I find him to be a fascinating artist. And I did listen to an interview, a podcast where they interviewed him as well. And and I thought that was a really good interview too. Um, I listened to a comedy album. Holy crap, man. The internet told me what to listen to this week, Kirsty. Um, <laughs> I was listening to another podcast where they were interviewing. Uh, you remember the show? Uh, did you ever see... Um, what was the show Eddie Trunk used to have? That metal show? Yes. Jim... I've seen it. I've seen it sometimes on YouTube. Okay. Well, one of the guys on that show, Jim Florentine, well, both of the the other two guys on the show, Jim Florentine and um, I can't think of the other guy's name, um, but they did an album called Terrorizing Telemarketers, Volume 7. So they've done, Jim Florentine's at least done six other volumes of this, and um I was you know, at work and I, and, and I was listening to him on this podcast and it was he was making me laugh with some of the stuff. He said, you know, I've never listened to a comedy album by him. Let's just listen to one. And all it was was they would get calls from telemarketers and he said we would just keep them on the phone as long as we could just with being completely stupid. Like he would get them to repeat questions over and over and over. And Wait, what was the third question you asked me? Wait, 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 what, what was the first question? And he just kept going. It was just it was hilarious. It was just so many different skits that they did. And I was really enjoying that. Do you know what? I've done telemarketing. Yeah, I have too. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it does suck. I wouldn't care if somebody wanted to waste my time. Yeah, because he would. Say, he said, we didn't use any profanity, because if you start cussing, that can hang up. And he mm-hmm. said, and we would never say no. We would just push as far as we could until they finally just couldn't take anymore and hang up. And so it's pretty funny. 
you know, because or they'd say a comment that was a little bit crude, and then the person would hang up. So, because uh, one of one of them, he starts talking about, you know, they ask if he's taking any medications. <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, I'm taking Viagra." And then they start asking him what it's for, and then he says something a little bit crude about it, and then they hang up. So it's pretty funny. Um, an- another band I listen to, which I-, I would say this is the artist that probably got the most play out of all of my plays, and you'll know why when I say the name of the band, The Winery Dogs. So mm-hmm. this is the third installment of um, Richie Kotzen into my listening this week. And I listened to their self-titled album, and I have a special edition of the self-titled album that also has a live album with it. So I listened to the self-titled album by itself. I listened to the live album from the special edition, and I listened to the new uh, their second album, Hot Streak. Um, I've got two more. Now this is an oldie. I have, oh. You haven't heard this one in a while, and this is a lot of this is a lot of music, isn't it? Yep. I listened to an album by Black Sabbath this week, and I haven't heard it in a while. But a song kind of popped into my head. What song? What what album do you think I listened to? Sabbath, bloody Sabbath. Bingo, you got it. Very good. Uh, played it once, and I, I, I got to say, I wasn't really feeling it when I listened to it, though. Like, I was just kind of like, I guess everything else I'd been listening to was just way off it. And Ozzy's vocals were just so high on that album. I was just like, oh, it's just a bit much. But I was still, I enjoyed it, but I was just, I didn't want to play it again. So, And the last album I listened to, Kirsty, one that I'm sure people were not expecting to hear that I listened to this week, but it's by Megadeth. And it was called The Sick, The Dying, and The Dead. Uh, and thank God, because I might've been in a ditch if I didn't listen to that album. I was about half asleep. I played that album and I was just rocking out and it woke me up. So fantastic. So, um, now <laughs> podcasts, Kirsty. um, what podcasts did you listen to? If any, this week? Well, I listened to some of yours, uh, cause Ron Kramer was on last week. Yeah. And I could skip his story because I heard it a couple of months back, although it was it was a really good one and I could easily have listened to it again. Mm-hmm. But um I did listen to the extra interview he did at the end. Yeah. About his recent maiden gig, so that was really good. Oh yeah. And I listened to two episodes of Asylum, Tales from the Devereux Diaries, which okay. is incredible because as as you know, not that big into kiss. Yeah. And I made it all the way through to the end. Oh, wow. Um, one was about Carnival of Souls. Okay. Obviously, that's the Kiss album I know best because we talked about it, didn't we? We did. So I had to listen to that one a few times. Yeah. Um, I really liked that album. Yeah. And the other episode was the 100th episode. So congratulations to them. <clears throat> and Andrew Whitnell told me to, well, he, he did a post recommending a podcast about the history of King Alfred the Great. Okay. And the podcast's called The Rest is History podcast. It was episode 250 Mm. called Alfred the Great, Fury of the Vikings. Um, I knew a bit about King Alfred because I've seen statues and monuments to him growing up. Sure. He was born not far from Oxford. Um, We used to go on holiday to Swanage where he fought the Vikings. So I thought I'd find out a bit more about that. And that is all I listened to this week. Because okay. I wasn't driving for 10 hours a day on my own. <laughs> yeah. So I listened to, um, so I'll, I'll go, I'll start first with the one I, there's a, there's a guy, his, it's, it's called the Chuck Shoot podcast. And I don't know if that's what his job is, but he's got a lot of episodes. And so I just kind of started scanning what he had because I was like, just trying to find stuff to listen to that were interesting to me. So as I mentioned, um, 
I listened to an interview with um, that he did with Steve Blaze from Lillian X, uh, mm-hmm. Richie Kotzen. Obviously, and Richie at that point he was promoting the live thing that they did, the Smith Kotzen live thing. Um, I listened to uh, one he did with Tim Ripper Owens and another guy named Tim Collier, who is in a band called Held Hostage that I've never heard of before. But oh my god, Tim Ripper Owens. His sense of humor, I was laughing out loud at how funny he was. Like, he had this really dark sense of humor. There's some really dark history in that band. And um, he just was making so many funny jokes. I haven't really listened to any interviews with him. I I, I want to find more interviews with Tim Owens now because he was just funny. He was hilarious. I just, I was like, I love Tim Ripper Owens. He's just, he's got a great voice, but man, he was so funny. I couldn't believe how funny. Yeah, I really I'm going to make a note of this. <laughs> yeah, the Chuck Shoot podcast and that episode with Tim Owens. And it's been in within the last uh, few months. Oh, it was so funny. I was just laughing. Um, I listened to one with a guy named Ted Poley, who was in a band, uh, an 80s band called Danger Danger. And I just thought, you, you know, Kiss has a song called Unholy. Yes. And there's a famous story of this band being on tour with Kiss and, on that tour. And... They were, he walked by Paul Stanley backstage somewhere and they didn't really speak, but he said when Paul Stanley got way off, he could hear Paul Stanley go, Ted Poley, like unholy. <laughs> and um, so, you know, as soon as I saw Ted Poley, that's what I thought of. And I was like, yeah, I'll play it. My sister used to listen to them. And it was an interesting show. I mean, if anyone loves animals, like dogs in particular, or and animals, whatever, he's a real, he kept talking about no kill animal shelters. Like he was really like, that's his thing. Something cool that Chuck Shoot does at the end of his podcast, because he always interviews people, and he'll say, what is a, um, oh God, what's the word, uh, like a charity that you would like people to donate to? And he'll, you know, he'll post it in the show notes. And Ted Poley just, um, he was like, find a local no-kill shelter and donate. He said, it doesn't matter if it's $10, $5, any bit helps. And he was just really into animals. And I was talking to one of my best friends the other night on the phone that I'd known since high school. And he is a dog lover too. He's always adopting these, you know, rescue dogs that no one wants. And, um, mm-hmm. but it was, it was a good interview. I, it was, you know, he's, I don't know much about the guy other than he was, he was in that band, but I listened to one with Jeff Keith, who's the lead singer of Tesla. And that was a pretty cool interview because he seems like just a really backwoods guy. He doesn't have any social media. He doesn't mess with the internet. He doesn't have a smartphone. He's just this really interesting, funny guy. But it was kind of cool hearing him talk. Um, I listened to one with Will Turpin, who is the bass player for a band called Collective Soul. If you know who they are. Um, No. Collective Soul's got a really cool sound. They were kind of in that alternative era, but they have a a sound all their own. Uh, And they were real... You never heard the song called Heaven Let Your Light Shine Down? Yes. That's them. Okay. That was their first album, um, and apparently they're still out doing it. I've always kind of enjoyed them. Oh, that's one of those where you just hear something on the radio and you never, ever find out who it is. You Maybe just... so, yeah. I found out who they were. I just, I've just i never seen them live, but I, I, I remember yep. having their first two or three albums, and uh, or I had their second and third album, and I liked them a lot. Maybe their fourth, and somewhere along the line, I just you know kind of stopped, but- but it was an interesting interview hearing him talk about them forming the band. And and like I said, I was just trying to find anybody that I had any interest in. Um, another one by this guy, uh, David Ellefson, which we all know who he is. 
Um, another one, and the last one I listened to by Chuck Shute was with John Karabi, which was a really good interview. You know, he's the former lead singer of Motley Crue, the singer of the Dead Daisies solo. Really cool dude. Really cool. He put a book out apparently. And he tells okay. some interesting tells one that one, might be good. One particular story is about him making out with Sandra Bullock, if you know who she is. Yes, I do <laughs> be- know who she is. Be- before she was before she was like in speed or whatever she was in with Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. So she wasn't a star at that point. And while he was in Motley Crue, they went and met I don't know who was in this movie. He was where they went and met him, but uh so anyway. Um, I listened to the two asylum episodes you mentioned as well. Um, I listened to shout it out loudcast. Uh, they did the kiss cruise 11 recap part one. And it was, it was an interesting listen to hear. I really like, I don't, I don't I've gotten kind of weary of listening to them all the time because they're just so crude. And sometimes I just don't want to hear as much of the crude, but Mm-hmm. I really enjoy that their honesty because they're talking about Kiss just basically kind of mailing it in with their song selections. He said, you see, you went on the Kiss Cruise and they would just be playing super deep cuts. They wouldn't play anything. So now they're playing basically what they're playing on the end of the road tour. He said, it's like like they're just completely phoning it in, like their set list choices. And I like that they're honest about it. Uh, I listened to an episode of Pod of Thunder, which I haven't listened to in a good while. And the episode was Damn Yankees, uh, the song Come Again, which... I absolutely adore that song, which I was like, okay, I want to hear what they say about it. And they were very kind to it. Um, Dean Del Rey's Let There Be Talk. I listened to the episode, obviously, with Jim Florentine. And then uh, one of them was with John Oates uh, of Daryl Hall and John Oates, who sings uh, Gin's theme song, Private Eyes. Very cool interview with John Oates. He seems like a really cool guy. I just thought that would be a good one to listen to. Um, Eddie Trunk did an interview. an interview, I guess a while back the episode was alter bridge and Blackie lawless. Um, and, and in full disclosure, I completely fast forwarded to pass alter bridge. Cause I could care less about them. Just, I wanted, oh. to, I, I wanted <laughs> well, to, obviously you wanted to get to Blackie. Lawless. I wanted to hear what, I don't care what alter bridge has to say. Um, uh, I don't listen to their, I don't really care for their band. Um, I don't hate it, but I just, it doesn't do anything for me. Um, but obviously I wanted to hear Blackie and that interview was right before the tour started. So I thought the interview was done after the tour started. So I was hoping it was, but it, it was before. And so it was interesting to hear him. Um, what else did I listen to? One more. And I listened to this yesterday and this was the most, uh, disgusting, uh, just, uh, g- gruesome, brutal, dark. We're talking about Allison Chains, So we're talking about dark, you know, I want you to kill me. I want to live no more. Uh, that's dark, but this is this is even darker than that. It was uh, uh, the newest talk is Jericho, called dissecting, and it's it's kind of a, a bad play on words that he's using that word, but I know why he did it. Dissecting Dahmer, analyzing oh. evil incarnate. It's an episode. I guess there was a there's a series on Netflix about Jeff Dahmer. Jeffrey yes, there is, and. They went in and he had two guys on and they went into a lot of detail. I haven't watched any of it, but holy crap. Those guys get really into, they talk a lot about what he did and how he grew up and how he became what he was. And what a sick, I want to say a word that rhymes with duck, you know, but golly, man, what a sick person. 
What a terrible, I, I, I don't see how, one of the guys, and they do, I guess they do like a true crime podcast where they talk about a lot of that stuff. And one of the guys says, I had to stop watching the series halfway through. I just couldn't finish it. I was just like, holy crap. So Yeah, I've got no intention of watching it. It, it made me interested in watching it a little bit, hearing mm-hmm. them talk about it. But I was like, it, he just like, it's just, it's disgusting all the things they're saying that he does. So, yeah. So now, um, you know, I listened to an album this week called uh, Live in the Raw by Wasp. And there's a line in that album where Blackie Lawless says, all right, now it's time for a little bit of audience <laughs> participation. And Blackie Lawless used to say that on my podcast, but I thought because I listened to that album and I heard it, like it's the first time I've listened to that album in a while. When I heard him say it, it just made me smile. Cause I'm like, oh, I used to put that on my podcast. So, so now we're going to get into the audience participation. And I'm going to try to go through this quickly because we've already uh, been, what do they say, waffling on for a while. So um, the retweets on the episode with Ron, as you mentioned, Iron Maiden Stories installment 44, I believe it was. Uh, the retweets go as follows. Dave in the USA, Wayne Shewell at Russell and West Madison Streets, Willie Valiverta in Finland, The Scouser, David Laird in Liverpool, England, Jesse the Delivery Guy in Illinois, the R4 Podcast in Massachusetts, Ron Kramer, I guess wanting to share his story with people, which is really cool, in Washington State, and the official detention teacher, Gen Maryutani in Chiba, Japan. The tweet quotes, they got some interesting tweet quotes here. Not a ton of them, but, but good ones. His royal dudeness, Dave in the USA, he said, and, and Kirsty, early in the morning is really not a good time for me to try to do this, but hashtag Iron Maiden, <laughs> hashtag story. <laughs> he says, this Iron Maiden story was very captivating. Uh, Ron Kramer is very analytical when discussing the Iron Maiden catalog. And then he said, for that matter, so is Steve. Would you say I'm analytical? <laughs> well, you're, you've got a podcast where you attempt to analyze the okay. Iron Maiden songs. Yes. Okay. So that's a, that's a cheating way of saying, yeah, you're analytical, but I'm not very, <laughs> I'm not the most analytical. I'm not real observant. So, you know, when Ron really goes into talking about the guitar sounds and all that, like, I just didn't notice it at all. I, I, I uh, I'm just very unobservant. So, uh, but okay, sorry, let me get back there. He says, also, Ron talks about losing all his music at an early age when his mom threw it away. Uh, not mm-hmm. sure I would have recovered from that. And 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 we went on uh, on Twitter about it. Me and him went back and forth a little bit, and I was just saying, it was really tough going through what I went through with mine. Like, it still bothers me when I think about it. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Something that happened to me like 30 plus years ago, getting posters ripped off my wall. And I can still remember that, just that gut, oh, just terrible feeling I had through the whole thing, you know? Yeah, it's so harsh. You must have done something pretty bad. It, it, I just failed in school. I was just making bad grades. It did not warrant that response. Mm. <laughs> you know, it was a, a lot of, you know, do you remember, the, you remember those days of trying to get posters back in the day and ordering out of magazines and waiting and. It wasn't, yes, it wasn't yeah. as easy as it so is many. now. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, yeah. I, I was going back and forth and just trying to, cause he, and I said, well, man, it was tough for me. I mean, I, but I said, there wasn't anything that was going to stop Ron, obviously. And it wasn't going to stop me. So, um, he has another tweet to as well. He said, quote, cause you know, uh, Dave likes to do the quotes from the episode. Yes. He said, people were stepping on me on my chest and my head. But slowly, 
<laughs> and he <laughs> says, Ron, I laughed out loud and had to back up and listen to that again. Which I was like, wow, why would you laugh at people who are stepping on his head and his chest slowly? I get it. You know, because Ron. He said it probably. Yeah, because he says it almost in a way like it wasn't so bad. It wasn't that bad. It stepped <laughs> no. on my head slowly. <laughs> Golly, but man, what a brutal story. What a yeah. brutal story. Um, you know, and then he just says he got up and ran away. Which is totally, which makes total sense because he still had that mind of, I'm here for the show. I got to get out of here and get to the stunt front of the stage. I love that. That that just shows his dedication. That's really cool. Um, he says another must listen Iron Maiden story, and I am only one third way through it at that point. So, thank you, Dave. Again, uh, the official detention teacher. He said another great Iron Maiden story. Even though Ron is an old fan and I'm a newer fan, and even though he is American and I'm Japanese, I could relate to many things he went through in his life. That's really cool. Everyone is a part of this metal community. By the way, the talisman is awesome. I'm mm-hmm. glad Gen said that because, uh, because <laughs> funny enough, Kirsty, that this next Quitro follows this one. And it is by someone, and I'm glad you're here, because it's someone that you, a person born and raised in England, have called the most English person you've ever met. <laughs> so I, I call him, that's a new nickname of his now, the most English <laughs> person anyone has ever met. <laughs> because he needed a few more nicknames. He does. Yeah, he just needs He didn't more. have enough. The Weekend Warrior. Sonia's husband, Georgie's dad, um, uh, the the uh, Lord Andrew of Sussex. Uh, he's got a lot of them. Um, and he said, at least three gasp moments in a thoroughly enjoyable ep- story. And Ron is not alone with his views on the talisman and the time machine. Did you like how I tried to corner Ron into that, into saying he liked the time machine? Yes, absolutely, because... I was the work- time machine is awesome. Yeah, I was working an angle there because I thought it's, it's, it was the song I listened to the most in 2021. Spotify tells me. Wow, very cool, <laughs> very cool. But yeah, I think both of those songs, especially the Talisman. When I was listening to the Final Frontier, mm-hmm. and, and you get the Talisman, and um, oh shoot, what's the one right in front of it? The one where I he says, Babylon. and then no, Starblind." Starblind. Yeah, yeah I quote that yep. song all the time because he says. You believe you have much time, but I tell you your time is short. Oh, I love that line. I love that line. I use that with my wife sometimes. I'll go, look, I believe I have a lot of time, but I know my time is short. <laughs> she doesn't know it. She doesn't. She thinks, man, she's smart. She thinks, oh, that's so deep. It's so deep, man. <laughs> He's so smart. Where did he get it from? Eh, it's Iron Maiden. You know, what can I say? Um, next up, uh, Future Squash 767 said, all right, since Uncle Steve is talking Maiden stories, let me give one of my own. How I really got into Iron Maiden. So I knew of Iron Maiden ever since I was little. Run to the Hills, The Trooper, etc. The song that blew the lid off of into Maiden fandom for me was Aces High. And then he wrote part one. So then he wrote about, I don't know, 25 different tweets underneath it. And if someone wants to read it, they can. I'm not reading that all here. If it was a separate tweet trope for every one of them, I would have read them. But uh, I'm not going and digging and reading them all. That's just too much. So, um, and I honestly didn't even realize they were all there until I did this. And I was like, oh, wait, there's like a bunch of more (laughs) down here. Um, And lastly, 
um, one of our favorite people who's been um, sadly silent for the last four months or so, Wayne's Iron Maiden podcast. And he said, Uncle Steve still doing the business with another Iron Maiden story. What does that mean? Does that mean like, oh, God, Uncle Steve's still doing the business? No, I'm sure it's a very positive comment. <laughs> so you think when he said when he saw it, he was like, "Yeah, hey, it's still doing the business." Good <laughs> <Turn> on him. <laughs> oh, funny. But he said this week's guest, Ron Kramer, who and then he says checks notes, listened to Wimp in reverse order, which I thought was pretty cool. We we did have a good bit of Wayne's Iron Maiden post uh, podcast talk on that episode, so. Um, it was good. I enjoyed Which reminds it. Reminds me, you didn't read out my tweet. I didn't. No. I, I I can see that I didn't. Give me one second here, and I'll have it. Uh, how, how did I not get yours on here? Uh, I also shared it on Facebook in our Facebook group, and I think Ron, um, somebody got in touch with Ron from his hometown or something. Really? So that was pretty exciting. Very cool. If you do the Facebook, if if someone does, if you do it on Facebook, you have to tell me because. Uh, I'm not quite on Facebook anymore, so where is your tweet quote? I don't see it here. And I'm looking at the post. Oh, you you know what? I bet you did a, did I do one? I don't see it, Kirsty. Well, never mind. I did do one, but that's okay. I did see here. uh, And I swear, I remember seeing it too. Did you share somebody else's post? Maybe in tweet off oh, of that. I don't know. Twitter's been a bit weird lately. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, it's kind of going through this. Uh... Oh, you know what? I think you shared Wayne's. No, you didn't. Okay, I don't know. I don't know where yours went. I'm sorry. I don't know. It's not. No, all... that's it... okay. It's not even showing. Did you block me on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Probably. You got tired of seeing <laughs> that guy from. See, the... you get you'll get a notification if you've been blocked by me. I believe. Um, yeah, it, no, it, I, I just wanted to mention the Facebook group. That was all. Yes, we have the Facebook group that Kirsty runs, and um, she. Uh, do you, you you started like thanking people for joining it and stuff like that or whatever? And, yeah, yep. Yeah. And um, and if it all goes pear shaped with Twitter, you can come and find us there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I'm gonna. I've got an Instagram page that I keep saying I'm gonna hand over to you, and I I was trying to do it the other day, but then I. I can't yeah, remember. but Instagram's just pictures, isn't it? So yeah, you, know, yeah. you can't you can't have a good chat on there. But you can at least we could share it there. I used but, to share it there sometimes, and I just kind of uh, just I just don't do Instagram. I don't do Instagram, so I just don't really. I wish somebody came along that knew how to do TikTok and all that stuff and would want to do that stuff because I think it would be. I'd like to get it out there in as many ways as possible. And um, I was I was listening to a. One podcast, Jim Florentine, when he was talking, because he has his own podcast, apparently, and he was saying that he has someone that runs a TikTok page for him. And he's like, the guy's like, yeah, you need to get on there and do this. He's like, look, I don't care. I, I don't want anything to do with it. He's like, I'll do the uh, I'll do the podcast and you can share it and you can make you can do whatever you want with it. You can chop it up and do whatever you want with it. He goes, I don't care. I'm not messing with it. And I wish somebody would come along that wanted to do that or knew how to do it. I wish my daughter would do it, but she's not going to go through my podcast and listen to it. And, you know, and that's a lot of work. So I don't know. I'm not going to do it. I just, I think I even have a TikTok reserved at some point, but, uh, okay. Okay. So, you know what? That's everything. That's the tweet quotes. That's the retweets. Um, we do have the Facebook page, as you mentioned, there is a Patreon group. 
that gets extra things. Uh, or if you just want to be like Ron Kramer and you just want to support the show, you want to say, Hey, I like what you're doing and I want to support it. You can go there and you can donate money if you like. That'd be cool. Uh, you do get extra stuff. You know, I, I, it's really cool. Extra stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you're the one that gets it. I, I, I just, I like it. I think it's all, I think it's all cool lately. Yeah. Yeah. I've been trying to, I'm trying to figure out ways to just, you know, make it worthwhile and, you know, at least, or, or at least give you something. If y'all support me, y'all do it because you like me. And I feel like if you like me, then you'll like whatever I put on there. And so far, everyone really seems to like what I've been putting on there. And I'm glad for that because uh, I want it to be unique stuff that makes it feel like it's a, a there's a, a benefit to having it or doing it. So, 